Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show. Not to mention Amazon Music, as well as a new application now that you can uh, listen to this show on. Thank you for joining me today as we will jump into our annual season preview. Seems like yesterday we did the uh, draft review and free agency. I guess it was a little while. That show did outstanding, as they'd say in Canada. Did really well. So really appreciate the listenership and all that for that one. Did the annual uh, Thanksgiving show. Of course, that one didn't do uh, as well as the the free agency one. Those usually do super well, along with the uh, State of the Wild Sometimes and hopefully oftentimes the uh, annual season preview show does well also. And hopefully this one continues the trend. Of course, lots of new wild shows keep popping up, which is fine. It is it's it is what it is. What, what am I going to do, right? <laughs> so all we can do is uh, hope to be friends and shout out to each other, reach out to each other, and keep uh, building this hockey community in the upper Midwest. It's a, it's a great thing. Hockey season will happen. The labor dispute is over. Hallelujah. Amen. Minnesota Wild roster is set, except for Matt Zuccarillo. Bull crap, buddy boy. As Matt Zuccarillo will miss uh, an extended period of time. That's basically the conversation. You know how injuries are. Extended time with an arm injury, basically. Upper body injury. It's his arm. And he had to have surgery, and he's going to be out for an extended period. So, okay, well, <clears throat> it is what it is. No move clause, six mil a year, and yeah, yada, 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 yada. Well, we have our divisions and everything. Uh, We will play in our building again, which is nice. It won't be quite a bubble, but it'll be a bubble in terms of divisions. We'll only play the same teams over and over and over and over and over. Some people are not too happy because we're playing a lot of Western teams, like as in like West Coast type teams or Southwest, the Southwest of Las Vegas, stuff like that. Let's look at the different divisions for fun here real quick. The North Division, got to love that that classic Calgary logo there. Calgary. Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. So, of course, that's the All-Canadian Division A. 
So it sounds like four Canadian teams will be in the playoffs this year, which that's good. I think Canada in the playoffs is a good thing. For people that were celebrating that not one Canada team made the playoffs a few years ago, they were celebrating that. I don't know. Is that good? Eh, I think it's better if there's at least one or two. Come on. Central Division, which should feature the Wild, but it doesn't. It just doesn't because Carolina's got to be in there. Because there's like 99 East Coast teams, that's why. Tampa Bay, Florida. I mean, all these. There's multiple teams you think. They're in the Central Division. Yeah, they're in the Central Division. <laughs> and of course, I'll say ours last. We're the West Division. <clears throat> Central Division. Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. So the two Stanley Cup finalists will be in the same division, at least for this odd 2020-2021 uh, regular season. <laughs> That's going to be fun. <clears throat> That's never happened before. Of course, the NHL has rearranged the divisions before. Remember the North Stars way back in the day used to be in the same division as Boston. Used to be in the same division as Montreal. Same division as Toronto not that long ago in the early 90s. Okay, that was a while ago. For the young pups out there, none of them were born yet, but <clears throat> like pretty much uh, except for uh, Justin Baki of the Sound the Pog, uh, Sound the Foghorn podcast. He was born for sure, but still super young. Justin Baki. I kept saying Baki. And then in the early days, I said Justin back. So, oh, Justin, <laughs> he is like the nicest guy ever. And I keep mispronouncing his name. Of course, I know he probably, yep, like me and him can relate. I mean, we used to get uh, phone calls, you know, the, the Awajan family, Awajan. That's our last name. That's how it's pronounced. Uh, can I speak to George Awajini? George Awajini? George Awajane? That's a real common one. Oh, my God, it got really old, but it is what it is. And, hell, it's a Wygen and a Joey Awajan, Justin Baki. And I'd like to have Justin Baki on this show sometime. That'd be cool. He was on the Soda Pod recently. Gosh, he was featured in a Michael Russo article, the Soda Pod, <laughs> where Isha reminds you he's Canadian every 15 seconds. You know, being a Canadian, you know, <laughs> being a Canadian, you know, I like this. And being a Canadian, you know, I know this. And... Okay, we, we know. No, I, I love him, though. I'm just teasing. Uh, but no, <laughs> I had to get off on that, I guess. Central, again, though, it's just crazy. Tampa Bay, Florida, and Columbus, Teal and Carolina. But that's how it is, because there's, again, there's like 9 billion Eastern teams, so that's how it goes. That's, <laughs> that's why they're in the Eastern Conference. It's like a whole conference in one right there. Eastern Division, Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, New York Islanders, New York Rangers, ugh, no, I'm just kidding, Philadelphia, uh, Pittsburgh, and Washington. So uh, there you go, Washington and Pittsburgh can beat up on each other some more. It's adorable. So your Western Division features the Anaheim Clucks, or Schmucks, I'll call them the Schmucks, the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Colorado Avalanches, Los Angeles Kings, San Jose Shocks, St. Louis Blues, so that's about it. I mean, how, how many teams from our division are with us? I guess Colorado and St. Louis, San Jose Sharks, I just mentioned, and the Vegas Golden Knights, which I'm going to enjoy playing more frequently. I think that's cool. I love the Golden Knights, and I love the way the Wild play against the Golden Knights. But yes, the final team in the Western Division is the Minnesota Wild. Yes, I just waited. I just saved the best for last because we're going to win the uh, we're going to win the division. No, according to uh, NHL Network guys, one of them had the Wild finishing 6th, the other had the Wild finishing 4th. So, okay, hopefully 4th, because that means we'll probably make the playoffs, God willing, the way things shape up. We probably will make the playoffs and make things quite interesting. So we'll see how that goes. Looking forward to uh, 
playing these teams about eight times this year each, I guess. We won't be seeing any of the other teams until the postseason, I suppose. And we'll see. And that would we'd have to get out of the... Uh, I believe we'd have to get to the conference and Stanley Cup final to ever play them. So, yeah. Well, uh, looking forward to playing those teams then. <clears throat> I hope. Yeah, I hope. Oh, man. I really hope so. Minnesota Wild roster and such. So couple of things to talk about as well now as we head into the Minnesota Wild 2020-21 season. Derek Felska locally writes for the, uh, well, he created the Crease and Assist blog. It's called the uh, the Daily Face-Off is like the parent blogging, you know, just kind of like I write for Gone Puck Wild. Um, and their parent thing is the, uh, is Fansighted. So Fansighted is the parent company, the main, main you know, like the Athletic, the main, main publication. Gone Puck Wild is the Minnesota Wild section, and then I'm just Joey, basically, and I do Brave the Wild independently. Uh, where Derek Felska does, <laughs> he does crease and assist independently, but with the Daily Faceoff. Uh, yeah, with the Sports Daily. Now I'm talking about the Daily Faceoff because I'm looking right at it, Sports Daily. The Daily Faceoff is where I'm going for the... Uh, conversation about the lines and such because obviously the lines are getting shuffled again because Matt Zuccarillo is not going to play so things get complicated again it's isn't that great it's yeah you know, things just get complicated again uh, it's it's okay you know everything's fine knock on wood <laughs> yeah well it's okay I don't know that guy mm. well the hope is that well the the talk is anyway that he had an arm injury going uh, lingering into last season and that's the same arm, arm injury that he's getting uh that he had surgery on this and that. So maybe that's a strong possibility why he had such a mediocre uh, year last year. Talk to me about sore arms and injuries and such and trying to play hockey. It's, mm, yeah, let's just say I kind of had a very sad attempt at playing a little hockey and I didn't fare too well. Uh, and it wasn't real necessarily. It's just even just practicing, I kind of sucked. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. So, well, at least I'm the host of Brave the Wild and not... Uh, Trying to be a top top line right winger basically is which what I'd uh, love to be if I was a NHL player, but I'd be on the right side. But no, Derek Felska wrote an article recently. Of course, uh, the super recent one he included a lot of us uh, writers and, and podcasters and others, his friends and such. Pretty cool, like questionnaire uh, starting out the season. Really cool stuff. I encourage you to check that out. But before that, around Thanksgiving or so, a little or a little bit around there. He wrote an article about the Wild rebranding itself because now you got this fancy new, you know, third jersey, at least for this year, hopefully for years to come, where it looks like the 1978 North Stars. Uh, what I failed to mention on the last episode when I talked about the new jersey and everything, you know, where you got the 78 North Star look, I kept thinking, well, it looks more like the early 80s and this and that, but it, it's the numbers that really tell you it's 1978, the numbers. Uh, so it looks really cool, like Parisi or whoever, you know, uh, probably the top selling, I got to think, is Kirill Kaprizov, followed by Kevin Fiala. I don't think Parisi is uh, the top seller, but he's probably one of the third or fourth, just because it's Zach Parisi. But I got to think Fiala is like second, and Kaprizov is like number one with a bullet in the, the jersey sales. But it's the numbers and this and that. But what Derek Felska wanted to talk about before I officially get into the preview of the team is rebranding the rebranding the franchise in terms of having the colors become permanently with the North Stars. At least give it a shot, those those North Star colors. At least giving it a shot because teams have rebranded their product before where maybe you keep the same logo, you change the colors, or you change the logos and the colors. Like the New York Islanders did that. That didn't work out so hot. It looked kind of weird, this and that. But this is different. It's the Minnesota North Stars. 
And, you know, not everybody likes the quote-unquote Christmas colors. I think they're just fine. But the North Star ones are better. <laughs> I just think the North Star ones are even better. Christmas colors are fine. And if you're offended by Christmas, I I don't know. Maybe we won't get along so well. <laughs> we don't have to hate each other, but we won't get along as well as we might, I guess we'll say. Uh, <laughs> North Star colors, though, to me, have a special place in my heart and always will. Uh, the black jerseys were cool for a bit. They had their time, but unfortunately the 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 premise behind the creation of those jerseys and that new logo and that rebranding was not a good thing. It was quote-unquote evil if you're a North Star fan. It was a very evil thing. It was a very uh, it was a very ominous premise behind the creation of that logo and jerseys because they were going to be moved to a different city. Unfortunately, little did we know but uh, apparently a lot of the insiders had a really big clue like here we go. They're, they're, this, this bastard's going to try to move this team and sure he did. Mr. Greed himself, Mr. Norm Green. Um, but no, I do agree with the possibility of rebranding the product. And I'm looking to write a similar article to what Derek Velska wrote. I'm looking to write something similar with my own you know, point of view, my own perspective, from my own perspective. Because obviously people have different points of view. Obviously his were outstanding. It'll be very similar, just me writing it in my own way, I guess, and my own perspective of it, per se. I think the Wild should do that. I think the Wild should look to do a rebrand, especially now, especially with Bill Guerin, with the way he's changing the roster significantly. And now you've got guys like Kirill Kaprizov, Kevin Fiala leading the way, Marco Rossi, which I haven't even mentioned yet, who's in the World Juniors right now for Austria. Very cool stuff. Uh, Matt Boldy's in the World Juniors for the United States. Gotta love that. Uh, the Boston College guy who's playing absolutely spectacular this year. We'll probably get to him a tiny bit as well. But I think rebranding the product is not the worst idea ever. You keep the same logo, even. You even keep the same logo, at least in some instances, depending on what people think about in the future. I actually got the hat. I thought it was sitting next to me, but it's not. That's a shame. It's way over there. Bummer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got one of the hats with the North Star colors, wild, blah, 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 retro-reversed, all that. I think it's absolutely great. And I think the Wild should consider looking to do something like this uh, on a permanent basis. I, I, I agree in a big way, and I think the fans would, I think the fans would embrace it in a big way. I truly do. Uh, it just wouldn't hurt this franchise at all. My personal belief is that Marco Rossi will find a way to make this roster at the end of the day. But if he doesn't, the current lines, at least according to the Daily Faceoff, would have Marcus Johansson at the center for the top line, Kirill Kaprizov on the left wing, Kevin Fiala on the right wing. Jules Eriksson as the second-line center. Jordan Greenway left wing. Zach Parisi right wing. That's kind of playing out of position, but he's done it many times in the past. That would have been Zuccarillo, possibly. Gosh, I don't know. That's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough situation. Zuccarillo doesn't belong on the, on the second line anyway, but then again, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Both guys are getting paid a ton of money, and both guys you want production out of. Uh, I was a bit terrified with how Zach Parisi played in the summer, and I've mentioned it on multiple articles and multiple podcast episodes, and I did write a uh, God Puck Wild uh, article not too long ago talking about the possibility of the Wild finally having the first ever true top line should Marco Rossi uh, be able to center Kaprizov and Fiala someday uh, on a permanent basis or at least an extended basis because no lines stay together forever. They get broke up, they get moved around, shuffled a bit, but they stay in the top six. It's a pretty exciting possibility, though. 
should things head that direction. Parisi right wing, of course, on this uh, shuffled line uh, line setup. Nick Benino, the third line center. Nico Sturm would play on the left wing instead of fourth line center because of the situation. Nick Bugle Bukestad would play on the right wing. Centering the fourth line would be everyone's favorite, Victor Rask. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's how he talks in his interviews. Victor Rask. <laughs> I don't hate him. I don't. He's not a good skater, but he's a pretty solid, you know, he's 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 okay. He's not worth $4 million a year, but I do not hate Victor Rask. I wish he was getting paid $2 million a year. Then nobody would complain about him, really. $2 million a year? Eh. Because Felina's making about three, and he's not that great. Uh, he's a good leader. He's, he's, he's got skill, but he doesn't show up every day in terms of the, the box score. He's, he's not putting the puck in the net every couple of games. So, I mean, you know, he, he's about a 20 to 30 point guy. And I think Rask is about the same if you played full time. We'll see what happens. Felino on the left wing with Victor Rask and Orion Harpin, the right winger in the, uh, on the fourth line there. The defensive pairings, Suter and Spurgeon. Suter left, Spurgeon right. Jonas Brodina left, Matthew Dumba right on the second pairing. Third pairing, Carson Susie, Brad Hunt. Come on, man, not Brad Hunt again on the right wing. Coolest guy in the world. Everybody loves him to death. Bemidji State, one of the coolest dudes ever. Would uh, He'd give you the shirt off his back if you needed it, that type of thing. He's one of those kind of guys. Not that I've met anybody, basically. But, uh, I mean, okay, I've met people, but it was many years ago. The older wild players like Brunette and such. But, um... That doesn't mean he has to... That doesn't mean there isn't a better option, per se, <laughs> in the system that could be on the right wing, or right defensive side, right defensive pairing. I keep talking about Belpedio, man. I want to see Belpedio get a crack at that third pairing, because I think that, that's kind of his role in the NHL, unfortunately. Maybe second pairing is his absolute ceiling. We'll see, because, I mean, I don't think Addison is going to be on any third pairing. I think he's second or, or first long-term, which could mean the uh, the trade of Matthew Dumba coming up in the next year or so to make room for uh, Cam Addison. But, of course, those days are not quite here yet. So we'll let that kind of, uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Goaltender Cam, Cameron Talbot. And, of course, no uh, no Alex Stalock either. He's going to be out for a bit. Andrew Hammond has been signed for at least a one-year ditty. The Hamburglar returns to at least be the Iowa goaltender like he was a couple years back. Poor guy, never suited up for the Wild, the Minnesota Wild, only Iowa. And that would mean uh, Capo Kakinen, everybody's favorite goalie, will at least be the backup for Cam Talbot, who I do think will have a very good season for the Minnesota Wild. I'm actually uh, intrigued by the addition of Cam Talbot quite a bit. I like what he brings to the Minnesota Wild. I'm happy about it. A lot of uh, a lot of my friends and colleagues in the uh, podcasting and, 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 and writing world for the Minnesota Wild aren't huge fans of it. Some people like it more than others. We'll see what happens. I just call him Cam Addison. It's Kalen Addison at the end of the day. I don't know why I just said Cam. But I'm getting too much football on the mind here. There's too many cams in football. Cam Dantzler, Cam, <laughs> Cam Newton. It's Kalen Addison. I called him Cam, and I, I apologize for that. It's I know it's Kalen, but my voice said Cam. You know, have you ever had that happen? So I apologize for that. <laughs> it's one of those type of things. Too much cams in the world right now. There's, a, there's another Cam basket, uh, basketball player for Atlanta that's getting better. But we'll let that, we'll leave that for Timberwolves Explosion. That show had a season preview about a week ago. That's uh, doing pretty well, actually. Pretty well. Despite, uh, you know, despite the Wolves not off to a spectacular start the last, like, 50 years, it seems like. 
it's a, you know, <clears throat> the roster is encouraging. Of course, there's band-aids. Like Marcus Johansson right now is a band-aid top-line center. He's not a full-time top-line center. Not sure what his long-term future is going to be with the Minnesota Wild. He is a free agent at the end of the year. Jewel Erickson Eck is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. Nick Menino is a free agent at the end of the year. You notice a trend? <laughs> Kirill Kaprizov, well, yeah, he's yeah, he's hitting free agency, but it's not unrestricted free agency. He's very restricted, so he's still our guy, and God willing, we'll be able to get things hammered out very, very soon. Hopefully not for too much money, like a bridge contract per se, but still at a significant raise, though. So it won't be like he's insulted and on his way out after the bridge contract is over. It'll be a bridge to nowhere. Kind of like what they do in cities like San Francisco. A bridge to nowhere just to make money off of the taxpayers. That's all. <laughs> or Minneapolis for a minute there until they build the stadium. There was a there was a skyway to nowhere. And I kept thinking, where's this skyway going to? And this was six, about, about four, at least four years before any stadium project was approved. Think about that. So it was obvious there was a plan that that, were, that, that uh, Skyway was going to go to something. I still remember that very well. Some little voice in my head said, that's going to be for the baseball stadium. And boy, uh, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, maybe I wasn't just hearing things, huh? <laughs> but no, uh, lots of free agents. Nick Buse said, I, I don't think the Wilder are going to wind up keeping him. That was part of the questionnaire from uh, Derek Felska. I don't think the Wild will keep Nick Bukes dead. That's just my guess. Maybe he has an awesome year. I hope so. The guy hasn't stayed healthy. That's the problem. So I'm not overly optimistic about that. I'm really not. But uh, that's with the forward situation. I mean, one guy after another. Marcus Foligno, uh, I believe he's an unrestricted free agent as well. It kind of depends on who the Wild name is captain because there is no captain yet. And we're, we're still waiting on that. How, how much longer are we going to wait? There have been talk about Nick uh, Zach Parisi getting it. If if uh, Mr. Bill Guerin doesn't want to have the quote-unquote country club atmosphere, I don't think Suter or Parisi should be captain. I, I don't think so. The only problem is they still have the alternate. It's a tough situation. Uh, Suter's, Suter's a strange guy. He's extremely talented. He's extremely good at what he does. But he, there's a side of him that says he is just a little too comfortable, and he's the kind of guy that if you try to challenge him, he basically is like, "What the hell are you going to do about it? What what are you going to do about it, Biatch? Basically, what what are you going to do? I'm making this much, and I'm here for this many more years. What are you going to do about it?" And that's pretty much all it was with Mike Yo forever, unfortunately, and it might have continued with uh, our, our buddy uh, Boudreaux. So I don't know, Parisi. I don't know if he's as bad that way. I don't think I'd want Ryan Suter to be captain. I think he has enough power already. <laughs> I think Ryan Suter has enough power already. Let's just leave it at that, huh? I mean, read between the lines, guys. Guys and gals. Read between the lines with Ryan Suter about uh, how much power he has. Zach Parisi, though. Yeah, he has probably has a little too much power as well, but it's not as obvious as it is with Ryan Suter. <laughs> he might as well be out golfing in that blizzard I'm watching right now. I don't know, Ryan Suter. Oh, boy. I agree with him politically. At least I think I do. I think I do. Yeah, from all indications. Maybe not on everything. But that's about that's about it. Yeah, me and Ryan Suter are like uh, strangers on a, on, a, on, a, on a deserted island when it comes to politics in this, in this area. We'll just leave that as is. Uh, Zach Parisi, you could probably read between the lines there, too. Zach Parisi, 
his drop-off last summer scared the crap out of me. And, you know, there is a leadership side to him, but he gets freak injuries all the time because of his style. He's not a captain, is he? I mean, he was. He was a captain. And when he first got here, I thought he was captain material, but Miku Koivu already had it. And you don't just walk up and strip the sea off someone's chest. You just don't do that. Well, I don't know. They wouldn't have to necessarily do it that way. They don't have to walk up and say, Miko, come up here. Turn towards the team. Drums. Zach, come on up here. Pat, pat, pat. You know, no, it doesn't work. They wouldn't have done it like that. You know, it wouldn't have been that bad. At bare minimum, Quavo would have still been an alternate if they did something like that. This isn't a TV show, like some comedic TV show where they did that to football players. I forget what show it was. Some stupid show where they ripped the captain off the guy's chest and said, you know, they was just kind of like making a mockery of everything. They wouldn't have done that to him anyway, even if they quote-unquote stripped the sea off his chest. I don't think it would have been that disrespectful. I mean, Joe Bleepin' Thornton, Jumbo Joe was okay with it. Jumbo Joe, who was the San Jose Sharks forever, well, at least ever since he left Boston to San Jose, he was like this, he, he's kind of like Mr. Shark, Jumbo Joe, and he gave the captaincy over to uh, Pavelski, and I, I, I didn't sense anything like, like the whole team had uh, chemistry issues. They went to the cup finals, right? So, I mean, I don't know. It happens. It happens <laughs> sometimes. But they might have to do something like that with Suter or Parisi, giving up an alternate to uh, if uh, Marcus Foligno sticks around. He, he has skill, but it's nothing spectacular when it comes to Foligno. Occasionally, it does look borderline, uh, borderline spectacular. A guy, you know, well, I'm just bouncing around, and I apologize. Um, Spurgeon is kind of a lead-by-example type of captain, and he is just the nicest guy ever. He's really big on communication. I am too. You know, just look at me and my new supervisor. We text way more. We've probably texted more in the last month and a half than me and the previous supervisor texted in the last eight years. And I'm not kidding. What what does that tell you? So, I mean, that's, you know, that's that, there's some leadership there between the both of us because I'm kind of like a lead trainer. He's the supervisor, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, like Spurgeon, you'd be like the, you know, he's the if he's the captain, he communicates very well with guys. I, I think there's a good side to Spurgeon. He's just not the Mr., you know, run through a, run through a wall, rah, rah, re kind of guy like maybe uh, Mr., uh, Felino is, or like Felino also is a guy that might call people out without disrespecting them, but call them out like, hey, he, he can be a lot better than that, that type of thing. Where that's what I like about Felino. You don't have to be a star player, but at the same time, if you're like a fourth liner too, that's the one thing that might hurt Felino's chances. <laughs> It'd be shocking if they gave it to somebody like a Kaprizov. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're going to give it to Fiala, which would be, and it'd be really cool if they did, but. I don't know. It's a really tough call. It's probably just Spurgeon at this point by default. But I think that's probably where they're going to go. The thing is, it's going to have to be somebody that's going to be here for a while. Because you don't just go through captains every five seconds. You don't, you don't have to be the captain for ten years, but at least like five or something. Something like that. Which I think that could be Jared Spurgeon. So that's my guess. That's my call. It's going to wind up with Jared Spurgeon at the end of the day. Uh, the production level of this club... Dumba, I mean, his consistency has dropped off significantly. I think he's become predictable, and the more and more I can understand that pectoral injury would have effed up his shot, his plain as day. 
I mean, again, just out practicing and the soreness I feel <laughs> in my chest, practicing, trying to work on my skills, trying to, you know, work on my accuracy per se with the sh- with my shot, this and that. I'm awfully sore because of how much time I spent, you know, try, trying, trying and trying and trying and trying and trying. Shoot, 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 shoot. Because those are muscles I hadn't used a lot lately. And it's just, it's in the exact area where Dumba had his injury. So I could imagine that affected his shot a bit even afterward. But at the same time, his shot was blocked about 100,000 times last year because of how predictable it is. It's like there's no there's no, there's no real disguise to his shot. It's just, okay, I'm going to shoot now. Okay, I'm going to shoot now. Okay, I'm going to shoot now. And that's where the frustration could come in with Matt Dumba. Uh, the, the lack of production last year compared to the year before the injury and the year before that where he had 50. He had 50 points. And he was on pace for maybe 60 that next year before that uh, pectoral injury thanks to Mr. Tachuk, which was a pain in the butt. Uh, hard to believe Dumba's already 26 and has seven years in the National Hockey League. Man, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Protein, eight years in the league already, but hey, 2011 was a long time ago. 2012 was a long time ago. Um, it's unbelievable how quickly those guys got to the NHL when you really think about that. Jewel Erickson-Eck is still only 23, 24 for Kevin Fiala. So you got some nice youth. Uh, Felino is just under 30. Greenway's 23. You got a lot of youth. Kapo Kakinen is 24. Kaprizov is still 23. So there's hope. There's this. There's that. Brennan Mendel's been in the KHL. He's been spectacular. Absolutely great, generally speaking. Greg Pattern is still on the roster for one more year. I don't even see him playing this year. I, honest to God, have no idea what to really make of what's going to happen with uh, Greg Pattern. I don't think anybody's really excited about him. I mean, his hockey IQ wasn't good. I keep saying that like every bleeping episode. His hockey IQ wasn't really that spectacular. No scoring ability whatsoever. His defense can be good, but then the next moment he'll do he'll he'll have some terrible turnovers. So, Greg Pattern, I prefer he's in the AHL if any you know if he's even playing or in the or in the press box and he's like an injury replacement if need be. I just you know and obviously he's not going to start the season on the wild roster anyway because whatever injury he had, it's must be significant because he just hasn't been playing at all. Um, and then Marcus Johansson's at that magical age of three zero, which you know, a lot of times for hockey forwards is not a good thing. So I don't see the Wild committing long term to Marcus Johansson. Um, I don't. He'll be lucky to get a three year three year offer for I don't know. It might be five million a year, depending on how well he plays. But you can't really go too far. You can't. Um, don't make the same mistake we did with Jason Palmanville. His first two years with his new contract, he was great. After that, it was like, oh, oh boy, mm, he's not scoring anymore, is he? Okay, he did score. That's nice, but this is his first goal in eight games, nine games. So <laughs> there's that. There's that. Going into the season and into the off season, this and that with guys like Marcus Johansson. <laughs> I don't know, man. Honest to God, I don't know. I, I, I don't know about signing him in the off season. And if the Wild are having a, a very disappointing season, I could definitely see guys like Johansson, Nick Benino as, as uh, trade bait in the uh, as as we near the uh, the trade deadline. Unfortunately, it looks like draft time is going to be like mid to late July, right? It was a twenty third and twenty fourth, so that's it's nice how they just kind of hammered it all out and they rolled out all the dates, like the the free agency period, the NHL draft, and all that. I think that's cool. 
that they were able to hammer that all out. The NBA, we still don't even know when the NBA draft is. And the season started last night. Started, at least at the time I'm recording segment one here, on the 23rd of December. Uh, Of course, again, with these uh, larger shows, previews and state of this and stuff like that, oftentimes I'll piece the show together over a couple days. So right now I'm witnessing the December 23rd, 2020 blizzard right before my eyes here in Golden Valley, Minnesota. So, but yeah, at this moment, the... They still haven't released the NBA draft date yet, which is kind of funny. But NHL draft, they're ready to go in July, so literally a month later. But I'm guessing the season will start at normal time next year, which will be great. Wouldn't that be terrific? Because I, I, I think we're ready to go one way or another, even if you have to be in division still. You got your vaccine, depending on how you feel about it. It's it's out there. The vaccine is out there. It's just not everywhere immediately this second. But it is out there now. So... Possibilities exist that we could see fans in the stands again, eh? If it's limited or not limited or whatever it is, and depending on how comfortable feel people feel with the vaccine or lack thereof, and how strict and harsh the government's going to be about these vaccines, we'll see. We'll see how strict and harsh they're going to be. I would like to lean towards less control, if possible, because the more control, I think, boy, it's a it's a frightening precedent. That's just my opinion. I'll leave that alone at the end of the day. Maybe I'll talk about that on the Freedom of Thought podcast instead, <laughs> that, that part. But, I mean, there's hope with this roster, this and that. Unfortunately, you got to wait until February for the uh, the Iowa Wild, but it's funny, that's not even that far away anymore. Especially, it's, uh, it's only about a month later than the start of the uh, uh, NHL season. Now the noise is starting up upstairs again. These people are clowns. Clowns. Good thing they're leaving soon. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I don't know why they're not showing the schedule on Yahoo Sports. They're just showing the Vancouver with three losses in a row. But the Wild will start off the season against the San Jose Sharks, which is, uh, you know, that's a good thing for the most part. 56-game schedule. Yeah, oh, it is up already. Okay, so they're saying about, they're talking about starting on the 13th, but uh, those are preseason games. The regular season for the Wild starts on Jan 22nd, so literally about a month away still. Uh, Thursday, January 14th at Los Angeles. Time to be decided. Everything's time to be decided. At Los Angeles two days later, at Anaheim and at Anaheim. So we're going to be all on the road in our preseason in Los Angeles and Anaheim. So we're basically moving a couple miles, or I suppose in the LA area it might be like 30, 40 miles, but they're right on top of each other. Like Anaheim is like Bloomington to Minneapolis, basically, when it comes to L.A. And then uh, the Wild host the San Jose Sharks back-to-back, Friday and Sunday, to open up the regular season. And then you get Los Angeles, Colorado, Arizona, St. Louis, Los Angeles, Vegas. You know, you get the idea. We play the same teams every... We play the same teams over and over and over until May the 8th. The Wild wrap up the regular season against the Clucks, the Mighty Ducks, back-to-back, Friday and Saturday. Uh, on, yep, Friday and Saturday, May the 7th and 8th, to wrap up the regular season, hopefully en route to a postseason run. We'll see what happens. It's going to be uh, it's going to be intriguing. It's going to be intriguing. The Wild regular season, at least in the Derek Felska article, I had the Wild finishing, did I have 29 wins? I'm going to go with 30, yeah. I think I had 30 wins, 21 losses, and 5 overtime losses. I do believe the Wild make the postseason, but we'll be lower end. You know, like one of the lower end road road type of teams. But we will make the postseason, and we'll be a little better than last year, this and that. There's a possibility this team could really, really jump up 
and there's a possibility that it's not going to be all that great. Uh, depends on how Marcus Johansson factors as the center for the Minnesota Wild top line. Maybe Marco Rossi really jumps up. Maybe he doesn't. You know, and pray to God there isn't major significant injuries, especially to the young guys, but really to anybody. Um, anybody significant on this roster. But I mean, even the, uh, you know, even like a third pairing guy, you don't like to see guys get injured. It sucks. Obviously, injuries do happen in every sport, and Zuccarello's already down. So, it's all kind of a, you know, hope and pray for the best that people stay healthy or they get healthy at the right time, right place, and something wonderful happens at the end of the day for the Minnesota Wild. Oh, man. So, I mean, Kevin Fiala led the team in scoring last year. I think he does it again. I think Kevin Fiala will lead the Minnesota Wild in scoring again. Last year, the Wild were 35-27-7, and and, you know, we were kind of moving around. We were six in the Central. I think we'll be about fourth place. We might end up winning more than 30 games, but, you know, it's obviously a much more condensed schedule. Even la- I mean, last year we got 35 wins in, what, 69-70 games? So in 56 games, 30 wins would be pretty solid. Pretty solid. Wild were eight games above 500 with seven OT losses last year. I have them nine or ten games above 500 with only five overtime losses this year. So the Wild officially played 69 games last season. St. Louis played 71. That's funny. So obviously there are different schedules, and that's just how it goes sometimes. Fiala led the club with 54 points in 64 games. I'd expect something higher this year. Too bad we don't have a full season, but I could expect something out of Fiala in a regular season, at a regular season pace of close to 80 points this year. I'm, I'm dead bleeping serious about that one. I think he's going to get the equivalent of what 35 goals would be in a in, in a regular season, you know, with give or take with injuries or this and that. Hopefully minimal when it comes to injuries. Uh, he missed a tiny bit of time last year. He missed five games last year, did Fiala. Suter wound up with 48 points in only 69 games. When you realize how good that is, as much as we don't like Suter at times, and again, that dictatorial behavior in the, you know, in the background, <laughs> off the camera and blah, 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 you know, in the locker room, who knows, you know, some of that dictatorial behavior, he still is an awesome player at the end of the day. Uh, he's kind of an ageless wonder as well. Again, 48 points last year in only 69 games. And he played all 69, by the way. He was, that's a pace for about, you know, 55, 56 points. That's that's the best that a defenseman has ever done for Minnesota, ever. So, pretty spectacular stuff at the end of the day. And, of course, he's a very sound defensive uh, defenseman as well. So, to go along with all that. An underrated player, but, you know, overrated leader, I would have to say. Uh, He's not this, you know, win one, win one, or, you know, give me wins or give me death. You know, he's not that kind of guy. Where I think Parisi has a bit of that in him, which I still appreciate out of Zach. Uh, I think the improved goaltending will improve, will help this team as well. I think Talbot's got to be better than what we had the last year. You know, I mean, Dubnik has dropped off so much the last two years. It's a shame, and we'll see how he does in San Jose. Alex Daylock starting out the year injured, unfortunately. And he's a limited guy. He is a backup goalie. You know, love him or hate him, he's a backup goalie. Uh, obviously, he's very likable. He's one of the most popular men in the history of the Minnesota Wild. But again, he's you know he's a limited guy. He is a backup goalie. He's a starting AHL goalie or a backup NHL goalie. So that's just kind of where you stand with uh, our buddy Alex Stalock. Will we get to see Kalen Addison's? Uh, I uh, will we get to see Kalen Addison suit up for the Minnesota Wild in terms of? Uh, 
for the uh, the Minnesota Wild this year, this soon. Might be a little too early. I think Rossi, there's a strong possibility that he'll be ready to go. There's just something about that Rossi guy that uh, I, I think he's ready. And I do think he's a top five type of a player. It's just that it was just like Justin Jefferson with Minnesota when he went, you know, 21st in the draft. He went that much lower because there were so many wide receivers and he still ended up being better than those other guys anyway. Uh, these other teams ended up taking chances on forwards in terms of Hughes and all that, leading up to our uh, leading up to our pick, which was ninth. Still a very high pick, but good chance Rossi in a lot of seasons could have gone as high as third, fourth, or fifth. And you know those are usually kind of guys that suit up for their NHL team. So hopefully Rossi ends up being that type of guy for Minnesota this season. I'm optimistic about that. But not overly, obviously. <laughs> he would probably be on the second line to start things out, and we'll see what happens. You'd probably get to see him pair up with Fiala or Kaprizov here and there on that second line, shuffle things around, and maybe it would be basically like a 1A anyway. A 1A type of line, not just first line, this guy, second line, that guy. You're you're the second line. You're not the first line. It would might be just a 1A, 1B type of situation with the top line, uh, top two lines for Minnesota. At the end of the day, with you know the Parisis and the you know Fialas and the Caprizovs and this and that, which would then uh, have Julerksonek in a more slightly appropriate third line role, even though I think he's capable of being a second line center. Just got to see some of that offense, some of that offense that he was producing in the AHL. I, he, he was like a point of game type of guy in the AHL, so that's the exciting part about what. Uh, Jules Eriksenek could do at the at, at the at the AHL level. If he could get somewhat near that in the NHL, what an awesome thing that would be when you consider what a spectacular, responsible defensive center he truly is. Uh, where he's so good at defense, he frustrates everybody. Eric Halla finally signed somewhere with the Nashville Predators. It looks like it looks like Mikhail Granlin just signed with the uh, Nashville Predators again. Did he? Did he just sign with the Predators? Because Halla did. Do they both sign there? I'll be a son of a gun. Looks like it just happened, didn't he? That's just Eric Halla, Mikhail Granlund. So Eric Halla is one year, 175. Mikhail Granlund, yep, he did go back to the Predators. It just... Huh. That's the darndest thing. Yep. Is this? No, that's the wrong person. Where is Mikhail Granlund? There it is. One year contract just happened today. Today, this afternoon. Wow, one year, 3.75. So, okay. Okay, I was looking at, like, who's this Luke guy? Wrong guy. Yep, no, Luke guy. I'm just being a, a dork here. But uh, Halla was signed and Granlund. Both uh, Granlund returning to the National Predators and Halla also joining uh, his former teammate with the Minnesota Wild. So both Finnish guys looking to, uh, you know, have some success with Nashville, I guess. So I'm kind of surprised. So uh, we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, good for Granlund, and Minnesota Wild did not go after him, and that's fine. It is what it is. Whatever, right? It is what it is. They're calling him a center, obviously, Granlund, but he's more of a right wing, left wing. He could play any wing, basically. He's played a lot of right with Minnesota, but that's the Wild because there were always openings on the right and not on the left, traditionally, and still kind of be going to be the case forever, pretty much like Fiala playing on the right side, this and that. Um... So, again, I see the Wild is about, you know, you know like nearing 10 games above 500, making the playoffs, and hopefully something great happens. But we'll have to wait and see how that goes, starting off things with the Sharks and such. I think the Wild should compete in the division pretty well. 
we're up and down with the Sharks, but if Dubnik's the goalie, it depends. If Dubnik just kind of knows everybody and knows all their tricks and this and that, and he shuts us down every game, or do we just absolutely destroy him? Hopefully it's the latter. <laughs> no disrespect to Dubnik. But, hey, you know, we got to win, right? It is what it is. You're on the other team. <laughs> we always play well against Vegas. We rarely play well against LA and Anaheim, which is annoying. Arizona is a very good matchup. It's very entertaining. That's kind of back and forth. So there's good and there's bad when it comes to the division matchups, when it comes to the wild going forward. Man, uh, Vegas, obviously. St. Louis, uh, we play well against them. We don't play well against them. Colorado, we play very well against them at times. Sometimes they smoke us. So it's kind of hit and miss with uh, St. Louis, Colorado. Again, which probably has the wild about fourth place at the end of the day. I'll just kind of stick with where I'm at. And making the playoffs, and we'll see what happens from there. Hopefully something, maybe the wild pull off some kind of interesting trade during the uh, the trade deadline, you know, as we near it for uh, imp- improving the team. With that said, I will take a quick break, and then we will preview the rest of the NHL and come up with our conference finalists, our, our uh, Stanley Cup finalist and champion going into 2021. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, we're going to look around the NHL a bit. And segment number three, we'll look at some uh, prospects and fan interaction. We'll look to pick up what you guys have to say on Twitter, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota is the Facebook page, but the Twitter account seems to be a lot more active. Like I said in the previous segment, Mikhail Gronland, Mikhail Granlund Gronland had signed a one-year deal, so that's a brand new signing right there. Yeah, with the Nashville Predators, so he's staying with the Predators, and uh, <clears throat> Eric Halla also joining him in Nashville in that uh, Central Division. <laughs> so, just kind of continuing right away here. But I'm, uh, the fan interaction segment will be a few days later, probably after Christmas. So the show's release will be after Christmas, but doing some of these segments before Christmas just to kind of get things going here. It's a good time to record, and you know, obviously. Don't expect a lot of major changes, but I'd like to get more fan interaction after Christmas. That's probably a good plan there, because I think right now, if I said, hey, let's hear what everyone has to say, it'll be like, hello, hello, anybody out there? Hello, damn. So, yeah, that way, and this also, I won't have to rush and panic and all that when I want to get the show out and the schedule gets tight again, as it will sooner rather than later, I'm sure. So the North Division, you got Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Ottawa, <laughs> Toronto, Vancouver. So it's all these groups, all these former, all these other divisions matching together into a Canadian division. Who's going to win that division? Who's the best team there? Boy, I think it's kind of down to Toronto and Vancouver. Some people would even say Montreal. Edmonton's got all kinds of talent, but are they ever going to kind of get it together? It's a tough situation. You got Koskinen. He's an okay goalie, but... Uh, he's just okay. You know, I mean, Edmonton is a team that I like. I like them. I like the talent there. The goaltending is just, you know, there's just nothing going on. Uh, Anton Forsberg is like a hope at some point. But how excited can you get? Obviously, he's already moved up in years. 
already. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's just been kind of sitting there for a while. He was a uh, prospect with the Columbus Blue Jackets years ago, but he just had a couple moments. I mean, he's nothing special so far for Edmonton. Otherwise, you got Stuart Skinner. I mean, those are guys in the system. This guy's much uh, younger, third-round pick. Obviously, has had no action in the NHL yet. Third-round pick in 2017. He's, uh, you know, obviously got much more of a future ahead of him than I think Anton Forsberg. He's probably like the third third goalie, basically. Koskinen, you know, he has his moments, and then he doesn't have his moments, and he has his moments, and he doesn't have his moments. He's just, he's just adequate. The defense in Edmonton, it just seems like it's never going to improve. They're never able to bring in the right guys. Hopefully, they did that <clears throat> through the draft, that type of thing. Tyson Berry's decent. He was a nice addition, actually. So there's some hope, but he's kind of more of an offensive defense and with defensive capabilities. Hmm. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Kyle Tyle Turris was, an, was added on board. Ryan Nugent Hopkins was kept. Tyler Ennis is home at Edmonton. So, but he will not be joining Jared Spurgeon unless there's a huge trade. I don't know why I'm looking at Edmonton so much, but it's the kind of team they should win the division, right? With all that talent at the top. But then again, the problem is there's just, you know, it's a top-heavy team with not a whole lot afterward. Uh, defenseman Adam Larson, you know, it's just a mediocre guy, this and that. So, I mean, Calgary is a team I, you know, I'm a fan, obviously, of Calgary a bit. Even though they've had, there have been some bad days. Jacob Markstrom was added in the offseason. He's obviously stabilizing the goaltending position. If he's anything like he was at Vancouver last year, you know, Calgary's finally got a goaltender. And then you got David Riddich for a backup. See, David Riddich is an okay backup, but, you know, <clears throat> he's definitely not a full-time starter in my mind. He just never seemed to get that. Uh, Markstrom, obviously, it's a big commitment, and he's not that young. That's the one thing. So they're going to have to really hope for the best there with that, that uh, Markstrom stays on his game for a while. Luckily for him, he didn't get a whole lot of burnout earlier in his career, but then again, neither did Dubnik. So as long as uh, David Riddich can uh, back him up and get in uh, almost 40% plus of the games, then Markstrom may last a while. Giordano is absolutely spectacular. He's a great captain, blah, blah, blah. He's had some good years. He's had better years than other years. And then there's frustration. <laughs> Luis, it looks like uh, yep, Luis Domingue is now on the roster as well to help out potentially. Uh, Elias Lindholm was a great addition years ago, but hasn't been uh, the best. You know, I mean, he wasn't as good last year as he was his first year with Calgary. Those are my two favorite teams in that division, but I don't know. I mean, Montreal, they had a nice little postseason. They actually advanced. That was impressive, actually. I, I was impressed with what they were able to accomplish. Carey Price, you know, still one of the better goalies, generally speaking. They added Jake Allen, which I never even mentioned on the show. I kept wanting to bring it up and bring it up, kept wanting to bring it up, and I never did. But Jake Allen was acquired in the offseason. Uh, obviously a significant move. Uh, Carey Price, though, you know, he's the franchise goalie, even though he's had bad <laughs> he's had bad seasons in the past. But generally speaking, it was the defense in front of Carey Price which was the problem. Man, Carey Price is already, gosh, I can't believe it. He's already 33 years old. I can't believe it. It's kind of sad. Obviously, Minnesota could have had him if not for, uh, was it A.J. Thielen? No, uh, that was the uh, Puglia year. Man, he's been in the league a long time. Just scroll down, and it's just eons and eons and eons of years already for Carey Price. So, unfortunately, i got to think his uh, days might be numbered. Jake Allen, obviously, great year with St. Louis last year when the pressure was taken off. 12-6, and 2.15 goals against average. What a nice season. And he'll uh, probably be... I don't think he's the goalie of the future or anything for Montreal, but he's you know he's got a chance to be a viable guy for them. I I don't know what to make of Montreal. Obviously they have scorers, 
They have some offensive capabilities. The defense is, uh, you know, it's all over the place. I don't know what to think of Montreal. You know, I mean, I, you know, Shea Weber's obviously talented, but he's super old now, just like Ryan Suter. So, who's going to win that division? I mean, you got to go with Toronto, right? I, I got to think Toronto wins that division. Will they finally win a freaking playoff series? That's the thing. I mean, will Toronto finally win a playoff series? They're the second best offense in the NHL the past couple of years, basically. They've been spectacular, like right behind Tampa Bay, basically. But they probably get swept by Tampa Bay in the playoffs if that came up. I mean, you got talent after talent after talent. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Joe Thornton. Yep, Jumbo Joe is now Toronto. One more year or two with the NHL. Probably this has got to be about it. Wayne Simmons is, <laughs> would be on the fourth line. Yikes. Uh, TJ Brody was added. Frederick Anderson is a decent goalie. Jack Campbell added as a backup. And Aaron Dell, the former Shark, also in the goaltending. Max Mitch, Mitch Marner, not Warner. Obviously, uh, awesome, you know, scoring threat. Some people were hoping Minnesota could get him, blah, blah, blah. It's time for Toronto to make a move. Come on, Toronto. Come on, Toronto. Get to the East Finals. Let's go. Let's go, Toronto. Go to the Cup Finals for the first time since, God knows, like the 60s, right? Come on, Toronto. Come on, Toronto. Let's go, Toronto. Toronto's got to win the uh, the North. Obviously, the only other team that's a legitimate, I think, absolute legit threat to win that division is the Vancouver Canucks. They let go of Jacob Markstrom, and then they got... Uh, Holtby. Um, okay. They still have Thatcher Demko. Okay. We'll see if he can pick up where he left off. Michael DiPietro. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Michael DiPietro. One of the best defensemen in the NHL. Quinn Hughes already. JT Miller's also valuable. Acquired from the Rangers. Brock Besser. Louis Erickson's like 90 years old, but occasionally he's still got it. Occasionally. Bo Horvath's one of the better second line centers you're going to ever see. Uh, Elias Pedersen is awesome. Alexander Edler's awesome. After that, they're kind of okay at defense, but the top two guys are so good, it almost doesn't matter. Same with their forward situation. Their top two lines, except for Louis Erickson. God, he's, he's ancient. Um, Pedersen, though, man, he's an awesome player. Uh, obviously, scoring scoring phenom type of guy. And then Quinn Hughes might be the best overall player on the roster from Orlando, Florida. Hockey hotbed that it is. But, hey, well, you know, hey, that's it's a good thing in the NHL branched into Orlando, Florida, or, you know, into Florida in general, like Florida Panthers and Tampa Bay Lightning and stuff many years ago because, well, it, it brings you guys like this. And <laughs> and guys like uh, Brandon DeHame in Minnesota as well, par- from Parkland, Florida. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. Oh, boy, I don't know. What what do you make of Brandon Holtby, the Braden Holtby? He was great a couple of years ago. I just called him Brandon. What the flip? Braden Holtby. Just a couple of years ago, he was spectacular with Washington, but then all of a sudden, it's like he aged like 10 years, and he stunk, absolutely stunk. After, you know, he was spectacular, leading them to the Cup title, 17-18. He was great the whole year. He had up and down years, but generally speaking, he was a very good, very good, solid goalie, and that's when Washington started to become real good, become like a legitimate Cup threat. And then, boy, the last couple of years, kind of mediocre, and then the postseason, you know, he was not good. He was oh he was he was okay in the postseason for Washington, but ultimately not that great. Regular season he was a bit of a sieve the whole season. I don't know what to make of that actually, but Markstrom was kind of a sieve too. So Calgary, don't put too many don't put out too many eggs in one basket with that. I'm gonna pick Toronto to win the uh, the North. Ottawa, it's just you know Ottawa's rebuilding. There's not a whole lot to say there with the Ottawa Senators. They're just you know they're just rebuilding and they got some really nice young players. They they really do some nice prospects. They got a chance to be something. Eventually, they're just not there yet. Matt Murray, though, at goalie, that's the one major move. 
and, and of course Brady Tachuk is extremely good. Thomas Chabot, Chabot uh, is something to be excited about, but we'll see. You know, Matt Murray is at least in net, so maybe that'll stabilize things there. Because Craig Anderson is like 95 years old. Like, seriously, I can't believe you're still in the league. It's crazy. Uh, the West, we'll get to uh, West, you know, we'll talk about that. I probably spent too much time on the North, but I kind of like those teams a little bit. The East Division is all those Metropolitan teams, basically. It's the Metropolitan Division, basically. Basically, it pretty much is. I mean, you know, New Jersey, Buffalo. I don't know what to make of the Sabres, honest to God. I have no freaking idea what to make of the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> Boston Bruins. Where the heck is Detroit? Yeah, they're in the Central, just like the uh, the Norris Division in the past, which was kind of cool back in the day. They, you know, I guess that was like just a few years ago. Yeah. Seems like seems like yesterday Detroit moved to the Eastern Conference. It's been a while already, hasn't it? It's kind of weird. New Jersey, when are they going to step up and get better? They've had a lot of nice young players come in, and they're still not better. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Is, he the, is it time to get going? And they added Corey Crawford in the offseason. Is Nico Hirschier? Is he finally going to get going? Jack Hughes fortunately landed on my fantasy team somehow. Let's go, Jack. Let's go, Jack. Let's see what she can do. And Nico especially. Gosh, two years ago was the number one pick in the draft three years ago. And he's, you know, he's just okay so far. He hasn't stepped up that great. Uh, P.K. Saban, you know. Obviously, you know, you know there's more with Hershier than, than meets the eye, but he's not, you know, he didn't come in as a phenom. He was just the number one pick, basically. <laughs> kind of like with the Timberwolves this year with <laughs> Anthony Edwards. We'll see what happens there. God, I hope that guy ends up being great. <sighs> I don't think New Jersey's a playoff team. No, I don't think New Jersey makes the postseason. The postseason, we'll see, but I don't think so. Uh, Buffalo Sabres, uh, they've been knocking on the door. You know, every, every other year you think, is it finally the year for Buffalo to get better? I don't know. I mean, Boston's got to be the division champ in that group, right? Other than Philadelphia, Linus Allmark, Carter Hutton. I, I like those two goalies, and Rasmus Dahlin, obviously, but he's been banged up all the time. Taylor Hall went there. Uh, Victor Olofsson's been something. Sam Reinhardt's been, you know, he's had his days. Kyle Oposo, I almost forgot he existed. Eric Stahl is going to be the second-line center behind Jack Eichel. Interesting stuff. <laughs> I don't know. It's an okay roster. Where's Pominville? He must not be playing anymore. Uh, Pominville. <laughs> yep. Almost forgot about that guy. He's, yeah, he's not even. Yep. I, I don't know. I think he must still be a free agent. Poor guy. Jason Pominville. Jason. Jason Pominville. Buffalo. They have a shot, but uh, you know, I don't know what to say at the end of the day of that one. The playoff format will be basically old school. Kind of like, uh, you know, it's going to be back to 16, which is good. That's not old school. That part isn't. But it's going to be like the first four teams in the division. Kind of like in the old days of the Norris and such. So it's going to be, if you're in fourth place, you make it. So the Wild would make it if they were fourth place in that divisione. But uh, at the end of the day, I don't know. Mm. I think Calgary makes it. Montreal, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, gosh. Toronto, Vancouver make it for sure. You know, even Winnipeg. I didn't even talk about them. They're not making the playoffs. Toronto, Vancouver make it for sure in the north. That's probably almost a better way to look at it. Calgary and, boy, it's going to be Montreal or Edmonton. Mm, 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 mm. I have to pick Edmonton just because of the star power. Edmonton's fourth. Toronto's first. Vancouver's second. Calgary third. Edmonton fourth. Montreal will be knocking on the door with the Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames. So one of them will get knocked out. Eastern Division... You know, you got the Boston Bruins. I think they're absolutely elite. Absolutely an elite franchise. I feel bad that they got knocked out 
last year in that weird situation, this and that. New York Islanders got to the East Finals. They were great. Boston wins the East, I think. I think Boston absolutely wins the Eastern Division and probably gets back to the Cup Finals. We'll see if Tuka Rask can shake some of that uh, infamous he-can't-win-the-big-game vibe. Patrice Bergeron, spectacular. But unfortunately, a lot of these guys are just getting a little bit older. Every year, they're getting older and older. Like, Tuka Rask getting older. Yaroslav Volaka was really solid since joining Boston. Just getting older and older and older. Uh, Bergeron's just getting older. You know, it just goes on and on and on. Craig, Craig. Got Craig Smith. Charlie Coyle's the third line, uh, third line center still at the moment. He might see some second line. Brad Marchand again, another guy who's just getting older and older and older. He was on the 2011 Cup champs as a rookie. He was valuable, but not like he is not, not like a hundred point guy like he is now. Uh, he's a jackass, and he's a hell of a player. Boston, I think, yeah, they got to be first place. I mean, they're going to win enough games to be first place in the East. Second place. That's between, God, there's so many talented teams in this division. Oh, my God. So you're telling me only four teams can make it out of those eight. Well, New Jersey won't make it. Buffalo will not make it. I think the Rangers will not make it. So at least you eliminate those three right away. And then you got Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, New York Islanders all competing. You know, because you got Boston. I think Boston and the Philadelphia Flyers make it for sure. New Jersey, Buffalo don't make it. God. New Jersey, Buffalo, and the New York Rangers do not make it. So then Boston, the Islanders, and Philadelphia Flyers, I think, are still in. So then it's down to Pittsburgh and Washington. One of those two would miss it, at least in the way I look at things. Are the Penguins ready to miss the playoffs? I think the Penguins missed the playoffs because Washington's going to make it. Washington's going to make it. I think the Penguins missed the playoffs. Chris Porter, just in case you're listening, oh boy, he's going to be laughing at me or kicking me in the face. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because Tristan Jari, Jari is so good. And Sidney Crosby is still probably the best player in the league. Jake Gensel, if he can stay healthy, he's got super talent. That's where Pittsburgh got lucky to bring him back. But then they lost to Montreal. They lost to Montreal. That was funny, man. Pittsburgh lost to Montreal. <laughs> That's a tough division. I, I wouldn't like this if I was some of those guys. But it's like, hey, go out and make it, eh? Go out and make it. Suck it up and go and make it. Thur. That type of thing. New York Rangers, no way, man. Even though they have a nice group of players, it's not time yet. And in this tough division, they can't. They can't. This would have to be a situation where if the top eight teams make it, then maybe the Rangers can make it as like a fifth or sixth place team. It would be sixth, though, when you think of Pittsburgh and Washington and New York Islanders and stuff. They're not going to. They're not going to finish ahead of them, and they sure as Mickey frickin' you know what aren't finishing ahead of the Boston Bruins. So, <laughs> I guess the Pittsburgh Penguins missed the playoffs, which is you know going to get a lot of sla- uh, laughs and smacks in the face. They finished seventeen games to five hundred last year. I'm not picking the Philadelphia Flyers to make the play miss the playoffs, even though part of me wants to, but no, part of me really wouldn't want that. I mean, you know, Carter Hart's obviously great. Great goaltender. A. Uh, Provorovs, Sean Cloutier, Kevin Hayes, Claude Giraud, guys like that. It's not the spectacular lineup, but it's a good team. It's a good team, and you got the great goaltending. Brian Elliott. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy in terms of Carter Hart. Yeah, I mean, they got something going there. Pittsburgh misses the playoffs. Washington is fourth. Um... Washington's fourth. I think Islanders are second. Philly's third. I think Islanders are second, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I should almost pick Philly to be second. I don't know. I'm going to go with the Islanders, man. 
I think they got a chance. So Boston, New York Islanders, Flyers third, and the Washington Capitals fourth, even though I don't like the Capitals that much. Sorry to Isha. I know he likes them. <laughs> of the soda pod. Hoppy, I know he likes Pittsburgh. That's the guy. That's the other guy. Yeah, he likes Pittsburgh. Oh, my. I bet he's, yep. If just in case he's listening, maybe he's too too bored or too good for the show. I don't know. Nice guy, though. Awesome guy. Um, I don't know. I think I think uh, Penguins missed the playoffs. He's probably going to smack me in the face for that one. But uh, I don't know. They'll, they'll be fifth. They'll be knocking on the door. Maybe I'll be totally wrong, and they'll be in second. They'll wipe uh, New York's. New York on the ground, but I, I really like the Islanders, man. I just love the Islanders. Oh, man. Boy, oh, boy. It's a tough call in that division. But that's it, okay? I, I made my point. Boston makes it with the Islanders, the Flyers, and the and the Islanders, Flyers, and Capitals. Central Division. See, who's going to be in what conference? That's what I don't know. I think the North and the West will be facing off in the conferences there. Um, yeah, that's my guess. And then the East and the Central will face off in that conference later on in the semis. That's just my guess. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, you got Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, blah, 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 Detroit. Well, Detroit will not make the playoffs. Seventh place. <laughs> Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. Uh, Chicago will not make the playoffs. Chicago Black Hawks will not make the playoffs. Tampa Bay Lightning finishing first. At the end of the day, Tampa Bay Lightning finishing first. Now it gets kind of tough right away with teams like Dallas, the Dallas Stars, Carolina Hurricanes, teams like that. Man, I love Carolina. I love Carolina. Obviously, Dallas was good, but are they going to have the, the team that just lost the Cup Finals uh, syndrome where they drop off? You know, teams that lose sometimes drop off. I mean, you look at, God, you look at that uh, Carolina roster. It's so awesome. Now they have Trochek to be a second-line center to help out. Dougie Hamilton, you know. Goaltending's adequate with Merzak, guys like that. But you got Trevo Trevenin, awesome. Sebastian Aho. I really like the uh, bunch of jerks, so to speak. I really do. I really like them. Dallas Stars, dangerous. Stars are going to make the playoffs. They'll be like third or fourth, though. Tampa is first. Carolina's second. Third. I don't know what to make of the National Predators. They missed the playoffs. I don't like the Predators anymore. They stink. They stink. They missed the playoffs. I think their their run is over. Yeah. I think the run's over. Looks like Saros will be the starting goalie. Rini, the backup. That's kind of where they're heading at the moment. We'll see. I mean, Roman Rossi is awesome. Ellis is real solid. Uh, Ryan Johansson drives everyone crazy. Matt Duchesne, Eric Halla. Really nice centers right there. At least the, at least the top three. Luke Cunning, I forgot, I almost forgot about that. Victor Arvidsson's awesome. I know. Philip Forsberg's real good. It's a good team. It's a good team, but I shouldn't say they stink. I, I apologize for that. They're just inconsistent. They're up and down. Um, but they got some really nice players, obviously, throughout that team. Ekholm isn't. Oh, yeah, he's still there. I like Ekholm, too. Matthias Ekholm. I really like that guy. Uh, I'd take him on Minnesota today, man. I like that guy. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be as expensive as the five guys we got there, outside of you know the the Brad Hansen patterns guys like that. But even patterns overpaid. Screw that guy. <laughs> Shoot. So Tampa first, Carolina second. It's boy, Columbus is obviously ever dangerous. They really are. Columbus is dangerous. I got a, I got a lot of respect for that team. They'll be the fourth place team. So third place goes to either Florida, 
Nashville, Dallas. Okay, duh, Dallas. So Dallas. So Florida misses. Nashville misses. Tampa, Carolina. Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Columbus. Yep, Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Columbus. Dallas finishes fourth, uh, fourth, third, excuse me. Detroit is out. Florida's out. Nashville's out. Out, as they say, in Canada. No, in Canada, along with Chicago. Yeah, Chicago's not making the playoffs either in this setup. So at least you won't get weird teams like that making the playoffs. In the Western Division, the Anaheim Ducks miss. San Jose Sharks miss. Los Angeles Kings miss. <laughs> and then it gets real tough. Colorado wins the division. Colorado Avalanche win the division. Aren't you happy? I'm so happy the Colorado Avalanche win the division. It just makes you feel warm and juicy. Uh, Vegas and St. Louis. Boy, St. Louis, they, they dropped off last year, and I don't know what's going on with uh, Jordan Bennington. I don't know, man. Jordan Bennington really dropped off last year. So, uh, what happened, man? Was it just luck? After him, you got Ville Husto and John Gillies. Wow. Okay. And they got Torrey Krug now instead of, uh, you know, Peter Angelo. Braden Shen. Jaden Schwartz. Yeah, obviously great players. Vince Dunn's okay. And also Marco Scandell is now in St. Louis. Robert Thomas. David Perron. Oh, could St. Louis drop off that much? They might. Colorado wins the division. Second place, Vegas. Yeah, it's Vegas. St. Louis third. And then it's between Minnesota and Arizona for fourth. I will go with the Wild. I think they're a little better. And you know how what's-his-name, well, what's-his-name, uh, Darcy Kemper can be. He can be a little up and down. Obviously, he's been really good. But he's up and down. And I think the Wild match up well with Arizona. Man, they were <laughs> they were good about not getting in penalty trouble. Yeah, they scored a lot of goals last year. Good goaltending trio there, because even Aiden Hill's dangerous. I mean, he frustrated the Wild. Uh, Oliver ekman Larson's good. Goligoski's getting older, but he's still good. Derek Stepan, you know. Nick Schmaltz, remember him with the uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Clayton Keller, obviously, he's had some wonderful moments. Phil Kessel's, you know, I don't know how much, lo- I don't know how great he is sometimes. He's up and down. He's kind of a dork, you know, at least I'm honest. Aiden, Aiden Hill, yeah, he's got something there. He's a nice young guy, still up and coming. Wild finish ahead of the uh, you know, Nicholas Jalmerson uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks dynasty. Uh, Wild make it, Arizona does not. Next team is probably the Kings or the Ducks, basically, and the Sharks, I think, finish last place at this moment. The Sharks are just done at this moment. I'll be very surprised if the Sharks do anything. Maybe Ryan Donato shocks the world and he's one of the best players ever, but yeah, okay. <laughs> it'd be it'd be nice to see for Donato fans, but outside of that, I'm you know, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's funny they sucked at everything except the penalty kill, which is kind of funny. They were really good in the penalty kill, but everything else. So right now of course Martin Jones is the starting goalie. Devin Dubnik, the backup. Brent Burns is great. Eric Carlson is great. Outside of that, okay, you know, <laughs> Logan Couture, uh, Couture, uh, Thomas Hurdle's exciting at times. You know, he's got he's had his moments. Evander Kane can be really good. Uh, Ryan Donato has a shot to be something. Patrick Marlowe is back in San Jose. That's interesting. He's pretty old, though, man. Uh, he's really old. Uh, Burns is, unfortunately, 35 already. Man, I met that guy in person when he was a rookie with the Wild at one of those 
Taste of the Wild things kind of during All-Star Weekend. This is the sweetest guy you ever met. Uh, no, it, it wasn't during All-Star Weekend. It was late in the year. It was like in March. But uh, that was back in the day, like 03. Yeah, 03. He was just the sweetest young guy out of Ajax, Canada. Uh, Ajax, Ontario, excuse me. Man, what a sweet guy. Um, <laughs> now he's this massive bearded guy, but he's still, you could tell he's still a great guy. I don't think he's really changed. He's just older and he's a superstar. I feel bad for him. He was in the cup finals. Seemed like seemed like yesterday he was in the cup finals, but that was uh, 16 already. And Eric Carlson's a nice addition, I guess, but they signed him for a billion dollars and he's 30 already. And I don't know, Patrick Marlowe is 41 now. Yowza. 41 years old. That's the Sharks for you. I mean, it's just kind of a bunch of super old guys and other guys that are just, you know, kind of trying to get moving, trying to get things rolling, like Brian Donato. Brian Donato feels like Thomas Hurdle's been trying to get things going for the last five years. Uh, you know, he has moments, but he's not that great. He, you know, when he had one super good year, we'll say, in 18-19, I'll give him credit there. Awesome year. But outside of that, he's been a 40, 40-ish point kind of guy. You know, he's not that great. He's just he's just all right, you know. Good penalty kill. Sharks don't make the playoffs. I'm spending too much time on that. The Wild make it, but it's not like we're going to go to the cup final. I'm going to assume the North and the West are a conference and the Central and East are a conference. If I'm wrong, I am super sorry and I apologize. But that's my belief. That's how things stack up here. So in the, uh, we'll call it the Campbell Conference, even though it's about, even though there's a lot of Wales team. No, it's mostly Campbell. Yeah, it's a mix. But that whole, that whole East is Woodbury Prince of Wales Conference. The, the whole East Division is Prince of Wales. And, you know, Prince of Wales slash Eastern Conference. But so I'll call the Campbell and the I'll call the Campbell Conference and the uh, Wales Conference. Hopefully they're doing that again. I think that's exactly what they're doing at this stage. Um, Campbell Conference will have Toronto. Yes, Toronto is going to get to the conference finals versus Colorado. Woohoo! Yeah, I know. I'm that's really a gutsy pick, right? But Colorado and Toronto will be in the in the uh, Campbell Conference. It is gutsy though, because these teams haven't gotten to the conference finals anytime uh, super recently. It's not going to be, no, Vegas. Vegas is going to actually get past Colorado. Vegas will beat Colorado and get to the uh, Campbell Conference Final versus Toronto. The Prince of Wales Conference Final, Boston, duh, and Tampa. Boston and Tampa, yeah, I know, it's really creative, right? But these teams are the best teams. I'm picking the best teams to get there. I mean, there's going to be no shocker necessarily, but you know, maybe they'll be third place and they'll get to the Conference Final, so to speak, so... Who knows how this is all going to stack up. But Tampa's going back. Boston and Vegas will face off in the cup final. I want to go Boston-Toronto for some original sticks magic. But I think Vegas finally gets back to the final again. Maybe I'm way off, though. <sighs> see, now I'm just going back and forth on this. I'd love to see Toronto win, but they never win anything in the postseason. Vegas has had some success, and they got to the conference last year. Robin Leonard's the goalie. Uh, Mark Andre Filler is still there. They got Alex Petriangelo. Petriangelo. So, Mark Stone will hopefully be healthier this time around. Vegas goes to the final, but Boston wins the cup. So Boston finally gets the Stanley Cup. I might actually go with Vegas. Actually, I'm in a big Vegas to win the cup over Boston. Actually, in the cup final. I know I'm flaky and bouncing around, but. Sometimes it's more fun when you're kind of like putting this and this and this together. Uh, there's a lot of winners on that Vegas team. Uh, Petriangelo won the cup just recently. Alec Martinez, it's been a while, but he's still a valuable guy. Robin Leonard has been a nice stabilizing goaltender 
for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. What happened last year is they just couldn't, they just stopped scoring. I mean, Dallas just shut them down, absolutely shut them down. So my hope is that they're going to correct the issues that they had. When Dallas just kind of seemed to match their every move and shut them down, it was like I've never seen how Vegas could not score for their life. The hope is that they're going to get through that. That's partially where I'm leaning towards almost Toronto going all the way against Boston, which would be a really epic final. God, I can't. I can't, though. It's so hard. So hard to pick either one, actually, in this one. But Boston, for me, is going to the final again uh, after last year's disappointment. <sighs> Should I go with Boston-Toronto? I'm almost picking that one. And people might be, like, rolling their eyes on that one. Are you kidding me? Toronto's going to get to the cup final? They have to at some point, don't they? But so so does Vegas. Vegas goes to the Cup and wins it. I'm going to stick with that. Vegas wins the Cup this year uh, in a very epic seven-game series with Boston, but they get the job done just barely over the Boston Bruins. Uh, and Otherwise, Toronto-Boston would be one of the more fun series of all time, I think. That could be some great stuff. I, there's a lot of teams here that they, you know, they've they've blown it when they get far. They just suddenly like run into a wall and they then they don't get past. But I don't think St. Louis has got a run in them again. I think it's over. Colorado, if they get there, they might win it all. I mean, they're so good. Uh, and if you know, obviously their their star goaltender can get things rolling. Colorado could, could uh, the sky's the limit with them also. But obviously. If Vegas played well against Colorado last year, and I think they still can again, uh, Philip Grubauer is that big-time goalie. That could uh, really help this uh, outstanding Colorado team get past everybody and, and maybe even win it, even maybe Colorado and Boston in the cup final. I keep bouncing back and forth on this one, and I apologize. I just can't help it. You know, Kale McCarr is unbelievable. Landis Cog is, you know, obviously what he is. Saad is a member of that old uh, Chicago dynasty you know, he's not that great, though. He's not. Uh, McKinnon is, might be the best player in the league. And some nights he really is. Sam Girard. Miko Radnan, so freaking good. Mm. And that goaltender. If they can stay, if Colorado can stay healthy and consistent, they're right there. They're in the they're in the, the big mix. It's too bad. But, I mean, I, I guess that's how the divisions have been anyway. Kind of like the old days. They've been that way for a while. Where, you you know, last year was the was the kind of the wild card year because of that whole situation with the bubble. Um, Toronto, Toronto, I think, is going to win out that division, though. You don't have teams like Boston, some of their old nemesis that used to knock them out. I think Toronto finally gets through, and but they'll lose to the winner of the West, either Colorado or Vegas. Vegas, pardon me. I'm going to pick Vegas to win the Cup and just stick with it. With that said, we'll take a quick break, and then you get to talk about the prospects and fan interaction right after this. <laughs> You're on segment number three of Brave the Wild, looking at the prospects and, of course, fan interaction. Always looking forward to both of these segments. Prospects positivity is starting to bloom a bit with a lot of these guys. Matthew Boldy, guys like that. Brennan Metal. Some good moments. Philip Johansson, positive news. Pretty cool. And, of course, other guys grounded, unfortunately, because either they're going to be in the, AA, the AHL or one of the other junior 
uh, leagues and some of those are either possibly going to get canceled or just you're going to wait forever, like February with the AHL, as talked about earlier. And, of course, getting caught up with things, this and that, in between segments here and there. Dan Myers, a <laughs> guy that Ryan Suter is a big fan of. No, he's a good friend, but uh, they have an interesting little conversation back and forth about politics because they're on the opposite side. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Dan. That's good, Dan. Always entertaining hearing from those guys at the end of the day, the way they kind of interact. It's, people always call it an interesting relationship, and I guess that sounds about right, an interesting relationship between the two, which is entertaining as well. Dan Meyer's conversations here and there on with with the Wild, this and that. Again, the 56-game schedule scheduled to begin on the uh, 13th of January. Minnesota Wild opened things against the Los Angeles Kings back-to-back, or not necessarily back-to-back, but playing them multiple times in a row in the schedule, and they play Anaheim. So they kind of hang out in California, and then they hang out at home for the rest of the month against the Sharks and the Kings and Colorado Avalanche. So that way it's kind of like a mini bubble. Like you go somewhere and you stay there for a while. That's the approach now where you play the same team multiple times. Kind of like kind of like a, a series, I guess, in a way. And, of course, Los Angeles and Anaheim, you're kind of in the same place, basically. You're just moving across town a little bit, even though across town in those areas might be a little bit bigger. But uh, that's how things go. Uh, Bill Guerin in this Dan Myers article saying how he's really comfortable. We've really been in working <laughs> on this under assumptions for quite some time and we just wanted to be prepared I think we're pretty close to what came about on Sunday, whatever it is whatever happens along the way I think everybody has learned to be flexible and expect the unexpected we're ready to go, we know it's a different world that we're living in and we're working in so we'll just have to be able to roll with the punches this and that, so yeah that's kind of like a phrase I hear at work sometimes too now, you gotta roll with the punches, this and that and that's how it's going <clears throat> At the moment, again, teams will start on New Year's Eve with their training camps uh, across the league that did not participate in the bubble because they were just too terrible, like Detroit and Ottawa. Too easy, uh, too easy assumptions there. Obviously, those two did not. January third for Minnesota, and of course, again, things get started on the thirteenth. But the Wild officially start on the fourteenth, so we get to wait an extra day. We could, uh, we could wait another day, right? Stanley Cup Finals will conclude in mid-July. Training camp, or excuse me, trade deadline. Will be on April the 12th. Regular season will conclude on May the 8th. Stanley Cup playoffs will revert to the classic traditional format. I do believe I talked about this in the previous segment. So, yeah, no wild cards, isn't that? Uh, the first segment, I believe. And yes, the uh, Seattle Kraken expansion draft will be on the 21st, and the NHL entry draft will be on the 23rd. So, we might wave goodbye to Carson Soucy, Jordan Greenway, or who knows. Hopefully, we don't panic and make another dumb trade like we did last time with the Vegas Golden Knights. That's pretty much how they built their team. They caught teams panicking. At the last minute, this and that. Oh my God, we we there's nothing we can do. It's kind of a cap situation. We don't we really don't want to lose this guy, so we'll cough this guy up, and then it's like, oh, why did we do that? Whoops, yeah. So we'll see. It's probably not going to be Matt Dumba going to Seattle unless we actually trade Matt Dumba. This type of thing, but that probably wouldn't be a good trade because what are you going to get? At best, you'll get a draft pick in return, and it better be high. It better be a first rounder. <laughs> it's going to have to be more than that, probably though. We'll have to wait and see. Not that Matt Dumb is the spectacular, can't-miss Brent Burns-level player at this stage, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Free agency will commence on the 28th of July. And then I'm assuming, hopefully, training camp will start in September like it normally does, mid to late September. Maybe it'll be a tiny bit later than normal, like a week or so later. And then, of course, regular season, early October. 
and we'll be back to normal after that. And I'm hoping that is the case. <clears throat> I'm really hoping that we could get back to normal here, like hockey in November. Like I really just, I really love hockey in October, November, especially November. There's just a vibe, and then you go into Christmas season and Christmas lights and ice and snow and hockey, and it's just ah man, there's something magical about it. But at least we get it in January and beyond into the spring and well into the spring and into the middle of summer, I guess, when it comes to the cup finals and such. It's going to be kind of crazy. But it kind of is what it is. It kind of is what it is, right? It's going to be similar in a way where it's going to be cup finals, uh, uh, expansion draft, entry draft, free agency. Boom, 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 boom. It's going to have to go quick. And it usually kind of does anyway, doesn't it? It usually concludes around like uh, June the 17th. And then there's what would, if there's an expansion draft that would come, you know, first. And then you get the entry draft right away after that, just like with Minnesota way back in 2000. And then uh, Minnesota and Columbus, unfortunately, we had to share it. That's what kind of made things harder. That sucked. You know, I mean, you wind up with a bunch of, you know, okay players. Luckily, Jim Dowd and uh, Wes Walls was actually an acquisition. He wasn't even in the expansion draft. Uh, but yeah, Dowd, guys like that. Brad Bombardier, guys like that. Manny Fernandez wasn't even acquired in that draft. Just a couple, but we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I know I may have mentioned some of this in the first segment, but just in case, just in case I didn't, now we got all the dates rolled out. Uh, you get the Wednesday, the expansion draft, Friday, entry, and then Saturday, you know, Friday's like the first round, and then Saturday's like the rest of the draft, this and that for the uh, NHL entry draft, this and that. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to keep up with. Let's get to the prospects now, shall we? And just to get his name out of the way first, of course, Kalen Addison. He uh, obviously has not played a game since March, so that's unfortunate. He was in uh, juniors last season, so that's just kind of how that goes. And still waiting right now for at least the AHL or juniors or whatever the heck. But they actually show him as NHL at the moment, but I doubt it. He'll probably be in the AHL going into next season, very likely. Played in the Western Hockey League last year, 52 points for a season shorted by at least 17 or 18 games. During the case of the Western Hockey League, Lethbridge Hurricanes. He played for a little bit with the Willsburg Scanton Penguins. Of course, that's a story that I didn't even talk about on this episode either because, you know, luckily things have quieted down. But, of course, the strange uh, drama behind the scenes there where the head coach of that team, when Bill Guerin was still the uh, general manager of that team, he, he, he ran the uh, minor league AHL operation for the Pittsburgh Penguins as the assistant GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. The head coach ended up, uh, well, <laughs> the head coach sexually harassed one of the assistant coach's wife uh, in the back seat while the assistant coach was driving the car. They were, like, going out for a dinner, this and that. He sexually assaulted her, touching her inappropriately. We'll leave that as is. Fill in the blank there. Fill, uh, read between the lines. And what happened during the course of that was, obviously, things were not mentioned for a long time by the couple about what happened. Of course, the husband didn't even know for months, actually. They kept quiet about it. And then it was brought to the attention of Bill Guerin, this and that. And he said, I'll take care of this right away. And within a couple of days, the head coach was fired by Bill Guerin. They didn't actually mention, I don't think they went public as to why, but then people were fearing uh, uh, with a TSN article that Bill Guerin told everybody to keep quiet and all that, and everybody then assumed, you know, the whole cancel culture world assumed that Bill Guerin was guilty here of covering things up for months, this and that, and that's not what happened at all, actually. So thankfully, uh, <laughs> thankfully Michael Russo locally was able to uh, 
do his research, uncover things. He like did not release anything right away when all of us were terrified. I kept retweet. I mean, I kept refreshing Michael Russo's tweets, this and that, and I just kept waiting, waiting, hoping to finally see the story. And then there it was, about six or so hours after TSN, might have even been eight hours after, where he was able to dig up more and more information. And it looks like, thankfully, that Bill Guerin will not be in any danger of losing his job. And that's good. The Wild stood behind him, this and that. So I didn't even mention that on this show. I actually talked about it on Freedom of Thought podcast a little bit, saying how, you know, the whole cancel culture situation is driving me crazy. People will automatically jump to conclusions, and they're not buying this, they're not buying that, and they should fire Bill Guerin. I couldn't believe it. I mean, there was a lot of tweets and post on Facebook about fire Bill Guerin. And I was like, no, no, man, Lord. Oh. I was worried at first because people actually initially thought that Bill Guerin even was the guy that did the sexual harassment. But no, it was the coach of the team. And I don't know. The couple didn't mention anything for a long time. It's like they just were quiet. They didn't want to get the head coach in trouble or something. But it was mostly the wife that was quiet. And then the head coach found out all the time later, or the assistant coach, pardon me, and made things really dramatic. And luckily, though, things were dealt with by Bill Guerin pretty quickly. So Bill Guerin did his job. He did his part. He did not keep quiet this and that. He just didn't go public as to why they were fired because his bosses told him to not go public about it. So that's where things go. I know not everybody might like hearing that, but at the end of the day, Bill Guerin, to me, is not guilty of anything. And thank God he is still the general manager of the Wild because I thought right when things are finally going right for Minnesota, we're going to lose Bill Guerin. And I would have just fallen over and started crying. Honest to God, would have been depressing. Unfortunately, Kalen Ennis is not participating in the World Juniors, but he's not uh, at that stage. He's no longer under 20. He is 20. So it is what it is. He'll be in the AHL or the WHL again. I would hope the AHL at this stage. I think he's done enough in the WHL. He's had 65 points back-to-back years, all the way back to 17-18. And with that, uh, Wilsbar, Scranton, Penguins, when only three games... Um, yeah, that was a year ago. I don't know why. But yeah, gosh, over a year ago, I don't understand. They didn't bring him back to the AHL. He had two assists in only three games, so for some reason they didn't bring him back to the AHL. Maybe they just wanted to let him keep developing in the junior in the junior level Western Hockey League, which is actually probably about one of the better junior hockey leagues out there. I think uh, the, Q, the, the Q is pretty damn good as well. Luckily, I cover that for uh, MNW Prospects, the, the Q, as they call it, Q, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and the British Columbia Hockey League, BCHL. Very proud to cover those four MNW prospects. Look it up, MNW prospects, facebook.com forward slash MNW prospects, and of course on Twitter at MNW prospects. Thank you again for participating. Those of you that have that show, that page just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Bubble Burnett started things out and runs it, and then you add Justin Bakke, not Bakke, Bakke, Justin Bakke <laughs> of the Foghorn Podcast. He participates there, and Brandon Quast who writes for uh, Wild Wilderness. Uh, really proud with what he's been able to do. Uh, he does a great job uh, as well, and a, and a really cool guy. Obviously, yep, he lives in Wisconsin, so, yep, he's a Packer guy. He he is a Packer guy, where Derek Felska is not. We heard Derek Felska's name quite a bit. Sorry for bantering and bouncing all over the place, but there were things to get to here uh, in this segment that I didn't actually talk about earlier, including the Bill Karen story, so I deeply apologize. And, of course, Kaylin Addison, that's what kind of triggered that conversation getting into Kalen Addison conversation. And I believe I called him Cam Addison at some point, which is really strange, and I do deeply apologize for that. And I think I even wrote that in an article. Just got football on the mind for some reason. Thinking about... And, of course, you got Cam Talbot on the roster as well. That kind of does things as well. 
Marco Rossi participating in these uh, World Juniors. Other guys like that, Kuznetsov doing well. Uh, World Junior Championships so far, only one game, because that's how things have gotten started, of course, very early here. Marco, Marco Rossi, minus four in the game, because the U.S. trounced, trumped, destroyed, whatever you want to say, Austria. The U.S. trumped them, and, and uh, Matthew Boldy. So far for Boston College, has just been unbelievable, because college hockey's rolling. The Gophers are number one in the nation. The Gophers are number one in the nation, and I'm happy about it. And those of you that are calling them the Goofers and are saying, oh, we're happy for you, who cares? No, screw you. The Gophers have struggled for, like, forever. The Gophers have struggled for the last five years, so I'm going to be happy that the Gophers are doing well. All right? I'm going to be happy about it. If you hate me for that, come on now. Come on now. And, of course, no, it's not personal. It's business. We're just having fun. It's, uh, no, it's, it's all in good fun, my little ripping, this and that. Uh, Boldy struggled at the beginning of last season on the third line, moved up into the top six, and he did freaking awesome the second half of the season. Eight points in only four games so far, and he's a plus seven for a very improved Boston College, because they're always good. They had a down year for like a year or two there, and they're right back to being Boston College again, a team that can be in the Frozen Four against the Gophers. Hopefully the Gophers overcome that, because we've always struggled against Boston College and Boston University. Ugh, and basically everybody drafted by Paul Fenton may have some kind of ties to Boston College or somehow, or the Boston Bruins, or the National Predators. That's basically Paul Fenton. <laughs> and it's so ironic how both Paul Fenton and uh, Bill Garrett are from Boston. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm mean, about Bill Garrett. Hey, Boston College guys, all right. Well, Matthew Boldy got a hat trick. He up in that 7 nothing drubbing of Austria. Pretty cool. Uh, four total points overall. Got one assist in the other game. With USA doing good so far. Hopefully they continue to roll in the World Junior Under-20 2021 Championships. So let's get her going. Uh, Patrick for our buddy, Matt Boldy. Good job. And keep it coming. Keep, keep it coming. He might be trade bait. I don't know. I don't think so. I think you'd like to have him left wing, left shot, this and that. And I know that position is extremely full. That's why people are like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> it's funny how, yep, so a lot of these guys will be at training camp coming up here. That's why you're seeing NHL statistics unavailable for guys that are probably not going to suit up for Minnesota this year. Guys like Hunter Jones, Kalen Addison, guys like that. Rossi, we'll see. His nuts knob is also Kuz. Kuznadinov. Why did I call him Kuznadinov? I'm thinking of someone else. But Kuznadinov, our best friend there, one of the fastest skaters, in fact, probably the fastest skater in the 2021-2020, uh, excuse me, NHL draft. What am I talking about? I'm looking at the 2021 World Junior uh, Championships. He has an assist so far in two games for Russia's under-20 club. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens. So far in the KHL, Merit Kuznadinov has one assist in 11 games in the KHL. So yeah, he is a little bit underwater there in the in the KHL. Uh, very, very young son of a gun. He's only like 18 and a half. I know that sounds funny, but yeah, he's, you know, he was a pretty young 18 coming into the fall here, coming into the draft. So super young guy. He'd be basically like a senior in high school in most cases, born on July 17th. You'd think he'd be a senior in high school, pretty much. Uh, that or he graduated real young at 17. One assist so far in the KHL. That's a professional hockey league. In fact, it's looked on as the second highest uh, league in the in the world behind that National Hockey League. So, very, very interesting. Ryan O'Rourke did not make it. Unfortunately, he was a very 
<laughs> he was a very uh, close call making the team for the under 20 for the for the under 20. He almost made it, which would have been unbelievable for Canada. Pretty cool. Ryan O'Rourke just about made it. <clears throat> Damon Hunt, similar situation. Manitoba native Damon Hunt. Damon, not Damien, but Damon Hunt. Obviously, he's a tough, tough son of a gun. He's been through a lot. Pavel Novak. Uh, he's in the he's in the he's in the World Juniors. He's a minus two so far for the Czech Republic, under twenty. Minus two so far in two games, and statistics unavailable so far for the Czech League, for Pavel Novak. So there's that for the newest guys of all. First off, playing for the University of Connecticut, only has one assist so far. He's played in two games for Russia and has nothing. <laughs> no assist. He's even on the plus-minus. No penalty minutes, no goals, nothing so far. One assist in only two games for Connecticut, first off. So he's going to be an interesting prospect going forward. Another left shot, left wing. Adam Beckman. Yeah, there'll be conversation about him coming forward. Of course, he led the WHL in scoring last year. He was absolutely unbelievable. 48 goals. We'll just have to wait and see what happens. I wish he could come to the AHL, but probably not yet. He's only 19. He'll be 20 in May when, uh, you know, the regular, right about when the regular season concludes. Hopefully the Wilders are going to still be playing at that stage. But Adam Beckman maybe is still a bit young, but man, dominant, dominant numbers, and he's matching up with a lot of spectacular players, comparable with a lot of extremely successful NHL players. Uh, statistics from the WHL uh, translating to what those guys became. Pretty exciting. Uh, KHL player in Matt Viguskov. He was a fifth-round pick for Minnesota. He got another Russian, pretty cool, drafted by the Wild in 2019. Only one game played so far for CSKA Moscow. <laughs> Guskov. <laughs> Pardon me, I'm choking to death here. Boston College's Marshall Warren just not putting up the big numbers yet. A lot of people thought he might be an offensive guy, but I guess not. Not really. Sixth-round pick in the 2019 draft. He's solid, though. Plus six so far for Boston College. They're just really good. They're plus twenty. He was plus twenty-two last year for a team that wasn't even good. Only eleven points, but a plus twenty-two. So definitely winning his battles out there has been Marshall Warren. Very cool, and he doesn't get a whole lot of penalties. Only two points so far in six games, but could be a lot worse. One goal, one assist for the left shot defense and Marshall Warren. Yeah, you got to have some left shot defense, and we had way too many just a couple of years ago when you had the Knicks dealers uh, and and. <laughs> And Guskov uh, and, and all them. It's just, <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty crazy. This and that. So luckily for Minnesota, well, we were able to make moves here and there. And again, super luckily for Minnesota, Carson Susi worked out and ended up being good. Uh, crying, crying, freaking shame for uh, for uh, Mr. Mr. Steeler. Definitely big crying shame there. Uh, Philip Lindbergh, the guy I wrote my first ever Gone Puck Wild article about. Still turned 22 already, unfortunately, and uh, on January 31st. Not off to a good start. He'd been under two goals a game so far for University of Massachusetts. So, yeah, it's Massachusetts again, <laughs> where the uh, Pilgrims first landed way back in the old days. He has been in five games for the World Junior Championships. They're not showing any holes for some reason. There are not goals. They're not showing any numbers. But uh, we'll see how he's doing overall. They're not showing numbers for that. That's unfortunate yep, for how he's done. And <laughs> but, um, oh, that was 2019, so, yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, so he, yeah, he could not participate. There's no way. But 3.45 goals against 
thus far. Yeah, and I didn't think he was in the World Junior Championships. I'm like, wait a minute, what's this? <laughs> yeah, he's too old. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, 3.45 goals against average so far. Off to a crappy start, though, for Boston College. Only two games played so far. He's been kind of a platoon there, playing the same amount of games, and that's what the article talked about. He's basically been a platoon since joining UMass Amherst. He's a junior at this point, but... 88 save percentage right now, 88.1, and he's got one loss and one tie, so to speak. It's overtime losses, what ties are in college hockey. No shutouts, of course, because <laughs> his numbers would be a lot better. He was really good. It's like he's gradually gotten worse the past couple of years. Spectacular as a freshman was Philip Lindbergh, but yep, we'll, we'll see. I do believe things will even out, and Lindbergh will step it up nicely moving forward for UMass Amherst. I'm really hoping for that. Uh, love Philip Lindbergh, rooting for him in a big way. Philip Johansson is a wonderful story all of a sudden. Multiple points in multiple games just lately. He'd struggled for forever, even of course during this season there was nothing going on, but the past couple of days here he's got six points all of a sudden. Three goals and three assists. He's had four points in like the last week. Philip Johansson has been wonderful for Frölunda Hockey Club in the Swedish Hockey League. 21 games, 6 points, career high so far for Philip Lindbergh. He had only one goal back in 17-18, and then he was drafted that summer by Paul Fenton. And since then, he's had only 8 points in the 2 years, 4 points respectively. But now he's got a career high of 3 assists, 3 career high with uh, 3 goals. And several games to play yet, hopefully. And he is even. He was a minus 10 in 18-19, minus 9 in 1920, zero right now, even in the 21 games. He was actually a plus two for the same uh, Lexans IF for Swede 1. Basically, now he's in the Swedish Hockey League, so a more professional level. Hopefully he can uh, keep keep moving forward. Philip Johansson, the clock is ticking on him if the Wild want to retain his rights or just let him go outright. It's, it's the clock is ticking, and he's stepping up, so impressive so far. Jack McBain, speaking of impressive, also a point a game for Boston College. As a freshman, he struggled mightily. It took forever to even get points, and he finally wound up with 13 in 35 games. Moved up significantly last year, 21 points in 34 games. As most hockey, uh, college hockey got to the tournaments, got to the uh, conference tournaments, so you got regular season numbers at the very least to wrap up before the whole COVID shutdown. But uh, McBain continues to get better and better. 20 years of age, he's about to turn 21 on Jan 6th. Watch out for that guy. <laughs> I know a lot of, oh, you like to talk about drinking. Drink, 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 drink. Yeah, okay, we're happy for you. <laughs> be be good now. Be good, Jack, and uh, stay focused and keep getting better like you've been. Big son of a gun at six foot four, two hundred five. Could be a nice bottom six power forward type uh, center for the Wild moving forward. Plus eight so far on the year in Boston College. And again, like I said, a point a game thus far. Two goals, four assists. Nice start for Big Jack. The big lumberjack McBain. Okay, sorry. One of my favorites, Alexander Hovanov. Hasn't done jack crap so far in the uh, KHL. Yeah, the Kazan Akbars. Kazan Akbars. <laughs> Nothing. He's got four penalty minutes and he's a plus two. He was spectacular in the Q, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Absolutely spectacular for them. The last year with 99 points, he would have gotten 100 because things would have kept going for another couple of weeks there. It was only early March. He would have gotten well over 100 points in the queue, which would have been so cool. Hasn't done anything so far in the KHL, and it sounds like he just doesn't get along with coaches in a lot of ways. He struggles with coaches. He had some minutes with Torchetti, but things kind of came around and got better. Torchetti, of course, in the past in Moncton, the Moncton Wildcats. 
And Tochetti was able to coach him, and I guess similar things are happening in the KHL with Kazan Akbar's seven games and nothing. Again, just a plus two and four penalty minutes, unfortunately. Again, adjusting to the professional level, and my fears would be he'd have similar type of numbers in the AHL, which is a bummer. Hopefully he can adjust to the professional league sooner rather than later. The AHL isn't as good as the, as the uh, KHL. It's like third or fourth, something like that, I'd probably say. AHL is pretty good, but it's not as good as the KHL. That place is tough, very tough place, and doggone it. You know, hopefully uh, Hovenov can get things moving. And, of course, Connor DeWeer, he's an AHL player already. He was all right. You know, he didn't translate spectacularly from the Everett Silver Tips. It's not like his numbers were unbelievable, but 81 points in 59 games is still pretty good. 36 goals, only 6 goals, 13 assists for 19 points last year for the Iowa Wild. Most likely will be right back there again at age 21. Still got a long way to go. He will certainly be in the uh, training camp, though, regardless of how things go. Simon Johansson in the Swedish Hockey League has four points thus far in 19 games this year. So at least, you know, at least there's been some hockey and we can finally catch up on the prospects a bit. I apologize for being not really talking about the prospects as much. Things had been shut down and then boom, all of a sudden things got going. And I'm happy about that. Damien Giroux, Damien Giroux, who's also an AHL guy, very likely a French-Canadian, I would have to say. He looks French-Canadian, like uh, Pascal Dupuis in a big way. Uh, we'll see. 75 points last year in the OHL. He stayed healthy for the most part. Sorry, and yes, he'll be in training camp. That's why you're seeing Minnesota Wild statistics unavailable for unavailable for him. And I will cite HockeyDB, HockeyDatabase.com, of course, for a lot of this information because, yeah. <laughs> Sean Budrias has been reacquired, thankfully. And, of course, he was very solid for Cape Breton Streaming Eagles. And thank you again, Derek Felska, for sending me that shirt. I'll always remember that. Cape Breton Screaming Eagles. They're screaming, boy. Eagles like to scream. I, I guess they do. But he has been reacquired, so he's back with the Wild organization again, as they like to call it, or should we call it the grapevine. Sam Hanches has been outstanding as well. He's had some big, big moments. He started off kind of quiet and then just took off a bit. Four goals, three assists in nine games for St. Cloud State, and St. Cloud is back to competing again. They had a, pardon the phrase, I was about to say, a, they had a bad season last year. Uh, it was disappointing. First year with the new coach, they were good, and then the next year, not so much. They really dropped off. And now this year, uh, significantly better against St. Cloud State Huskies. Back at it again from New Brighton. Sam Henches is performing. A lot of people call him Henkes. It is Henches because we'll think about it. The Vice President of Operations for Maple Grove Boston Scientific, his name was uh, Dale Henches, and it's spelled the same. I think they'd pronounce it correctly if he's the Vice President of Operations. So now he's the Vice President of Arden Hills. So, unfortunately... Uh, maybe there is relation between Sam and Dale. I would not be surprised if he's his uncle or something like that. Would not be surprised at all, actually. Sounds about right. New Bergton, right? As uh, <laughs> Sometimes they mess those up. Uh, Ivan Ladnia, yeah, he's been in the KHL and performing. How about that? For Dynamo. For Dynamo, he's been dynamite. No, he's not performing that well. He's, he's getting points, but not performing that well. He's played in 26 games already. Ivan Ladnia yeah, in the KHL. HL. Seven points, one goal, six assists. Not spectacular numbers, but numbers. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I expect about the same in the AHL. I remember six games a couple of years ago, he didn't do squats. That's why they sent him back to the OHL. And they said, go kick butt in the OHL. Go dominate. And he didn't. He didn't dominate. He's just decent. And it's unfortunate. He was the highest pick for the Wild in 2017. 85th overall. Mason Shaw has been ACL ridden 
the last few years. He came back last year uh, when he had the ACL late the year before for the third ACL for the poor son of a gun. Oh, God, I feel bad for Mason Shaw. He's had three ACLs over his uh, young hockey career. Six points last year in only the 17 games. Again, recovering from that ACL coming back during the course of the season. Mid Coming back midstream last year. And he's, well, he's going to be in training camp and he's healthy enough to skate and play again, hopefully, God willing. Bryce Misley, I'm a big fan. Hoping for the best there. Calgary, Calgary Alberta native. His father follows Brave the Wild on Twitter. At Brave the Wild. No points so far in three games in a senior year for the Hockey East University of Vermont. Hopefully they have some nice syrup there. But uh, that Vermont maple syrup, yep, classic. <laughs> I know, I'm really weird. I, I, I am weird. I'm sorry. But so far, no points. Come on, come on, Bryce. Rooting for you, buddy. Rooting for you. He had 10 points last year. After another slow start, he got things rolling a bit during the course of time. It's just not a very good uh, program right now, unfortunately. They did make the tournament back in 09 and have vanished off the face of the planet ever since. Again, that would be the NCAA hockey tournament. For those of you wondering what the heck I'm talking about, six foot one center, left shot center for the University of Vermont. I am rooting for him. I am rooting for you, Bryce. I'm hoping for the best there. 2017 entry draft. Jacob, Jake Golden, again, another guy who's been in juniors forever and nothing's happened since. 27 points last year, 48 games. Andrei Svetlikov, who has uh, obviously been in the KHL forever and ever and ever, and He's uh, doing kind of good, actually. Kind of. I, I can't believe it. 36 games. They must have just said, screw this COVID thing. 36 games. He's doing okay. You know, he's just one of those bottom six kind of guys. Kind of gritty. Doesn't score a whole lot. That's basically what he is. He's just, he's out there and he plays. And he, he sometimes he's okay. Sometimes he's not. He's, he's about... He's about a third of a point a game. He's one of those kind of guys. Maybe a half, maybe a point every other game, a point every three games kind of guy. And that's about it. He'll get a, he'll get a couple penalty minutes. But the but the signs of him being a solid defensive player are he's always been a plus. He has always been a plus in the plus minus. He's never been a minus. So that's good. And he's had some solid playoffs. Back in eight, uh, 18, 19, <laughs> he had eight points and didn't have anything last year before COVID shut things down in three games in the postseason for the KHL. 24 years of age. I don't think Svetlakov will play in the NHL. We'll see. Nick Swain, he's a guy that I think has a legitimate shot of playing the NHL. He's a senior for Duluth. He is absolutely dominating. He had a very solid year last year. He had 15 goals as a as a sophomore. <clears throat> they had won back-to-back national championships at that stage. Or they won their second straight national championship and last year never finished. Maybe they would have three-peated. I don't think so. Who knows? Uh, maybe it would have been Denver again. Yuck. I don't even want to think about it. Which was the Gophers. Gophers had a small shot of making the tournament. They had to make, They had to win the uh, Big Ten tournament to get there, where this year the Gophers are legitimately ranked because they haven't been screwing around and losing to you know, uh, I don't even know. They haven't been losing to these like unknown teams out there. And you don't mess around with teams like the Sun Devils either. You just don't do that. Um, I don't even want to remember some of those games. It was so depressing. It was so freaking depressing. Uh, St. Lawrence, teams like that. It was just like, what are you doing? What are you doing losing to St. Lawrence? You, you're never going to win anything. You're never going to get a good rank when you're losing to teams that are like, you know, they're not factors. I'd be like getting beat by the University of Vermont. Please forgive me, Bryce Misley. Um, but if you lose to a team like that, you're gonna, you're never going to get ranked, you know, positively. So that's the way it is. Uh, Swaney, though, back to Swaney. I apologize. 
as they try to win their third out of three finishes in a row. <clears throat> 12 points in nine games. Sweeney's been putting up the numbers. Nine assists, three goals so far. He's a plus four, and he's only got six penalty minutes. He really stays away from the penalty box, but it's already tied with a career high as a freshman, which is kind of funny. It didn't happen. Didn't it only took nine games to get there, which is funny. But Sweeney definitely taking a leadership role with the University of Minnesota Duluth. He's been there for all the glory years. He's been fantastic, and he just continues to be great. Might be a nice winner type of guy on uh, the Minnesota Wild someday, at least Iowa. Looking forward to see how he performs in Iowa, and you go from there. Brandon DeHaim here going further and further back now. <laughs> yep, and he's in the AHL, and he was okay last year. He was solid with Providence, had a good junior year, and came to Iowa. Did this and that. Dmitry Sokolov, he didn't go to the KHL. He, I don't know how he would play in the KHL. That's the scary part. He was kind of in and out of Iowa in the ECHL for a short time last year, but mostly with Iowa. Still had 15 goals and only in 41 games. Not a great overall run, though, for him because we got to continue to wait this and that. So that kind of is the end of all the prospects at this stage. Wish Ryan O'Rourke made the Canadian team, but you know how hard that would be to make the Canadian team. He was actually really close. Really looking forward to what Ryan O'Rourke continues to do. He's a very competitive, tough guy, and I think he could be one of the ca uh, captain candidates in the future going forward. Talk is that it's going to be Zach Parisi. A lot of people believe Zach Parisi is going to be the captain of the Wild going forward. Okay, I guess, but we'll see. It's not a done deal yet. But talk is that is who it is. So I guess they're not going to trade him anytime super duper soon. <sighs> Should we dive in? Should we dive into some of the conversations? I'm gonna Before I go to Twitter, I'm going to go to some of the texts and Facebook because I try to kind of go that direction as well. Because it's been a little quiet, and I certainly don't blame anybody, and I thank Derek Velska so freaking much for helping out with this when he does. It's awesome. He says, uh, let's see, where is it? Yep, and he added one yesterday, which is real nice. He was saying how, got a question for the Minnesota Wild on your mind. Ask Brave the Wild. Just tag your question. Hashtag BTWMN and fire away. Thank you so much. Uh, Brent Jacobs. Uh, I just called him Brent Jacobs and Derek Felska. He says, with World Juniors in full swing and NHL training camps about to open soon, do you have any Minnesota Wild questions on your mind? Ask Brave the Wild. Just tag your questions. Yep. So we'll get back to that in a second. I think there's some more hiding under there. A lot of people didn't hashtag it. Let's get to the texts first. Tom Holden from Plymouth. I hope he listens, but I mean, yep, I, I asked him, do you have any questions so I could kind of have a conversation on the air with it? He was saying uh, his, his comments going into the season were very important to let the young prospects play. I don't care who sits. Playing to be average must end. <laughs> I agree. Also, the upcoming expansion draft, it's critical to not give away talent again. I think Garen will be very smart about it. I think so, too. Um, and a lot of teams are going to be a little bit wiser. I mean, Vegas really, boy, they fleeced team after team after team throughout this uh, throughout the whole thing. They really fleece team after team, and that's why they became a all, almost a dynasty. They were pretty close to being one. They almost won the Cup their first year, but then Washington ran them over. Then the second year, they were beating the Sharks, and I don't know what the hell happened. They choked that away. And then last year, they were doing absolutely fantastic, and then for some reason, they just stopped scoring against Dallas. I mean, they whooped Dallas's butt early on and then screwed around with them. I don't know. It was really a bummer. They just stopped scoring. It was weird. It was weird. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> Hudobin, I guess. Woohoo. Uh, Tom Holden continues, says, I really believe that Garen is and will continue to make this a better franchise. I think so, too. Uh, what can possibly be done 
about the cap recapture penalty. As it stands now, the franchise is screwed. Yeah, we're pretty much stuck with them. I mean, it's not going to be as bad as it could have been, most likely in most scenarios. The possibility of being like a $40 million cap hit, the odds of that happening are extremely slim. But again, that would be like board up the franchise. You'd have to pretty much cut everybody and have only minor league players on the roster. You wouldn't board up the franchise, but it would be... I don't even know what you'd be able to do. You'd have to cut just about everybody, though. Yeah. They'd be pretty messed up. Oh, man. That would be a tough situation, wouldn't it? You'd have, it would be a minor league roster in a lot of ways if you had $40 million over the cap. That'd be... I can't even imagine how that would work, actually. It's pretty wild, isn't it? Pun intended, I guess. Might take a miracle, but maybe both Breeds and Suter can actually continue to play decent hockey for five more years, or the hockey gods will show mercy and change the cap recapture penalty. Uh, unfortunately, I doubt they will, but I, I guess you never know. I, I guess you never know. It's scary to imagine, but I don't think we'll get the absolute uh, DEFCON, DEFCON 1 scenario. I don't think that'll happen, but I guess you never really do know. Let's see, Brent Jacobson. That's, that's where the Brent Jacobson part came in. He says, I thought I thought of one or two, you know, about the questions. With Stalock, who knows how long, uh, out, out who knows how long, who is likely to be the number one goalie? That'd be Cam Talbot. Yep, he's going to be the number one goalie for the Minnesota Wild for probably the whole season. Stalock, he, you know, he's, he's mostly a backup anyway, and Talbot was pretty much thought of to be the, the, the starter, but I suppose you always never know. I mean, who would have thought Stalock was going to overtake Dubnik, uh, overtake Dubnik last year until things got really kind of weird. He says, uh, Brent Jacobson says, where do you see Copper's out fitting in? Well, I, I do see him fitting in in the top six on the left side. Absolutely. He's going to be in the top six. He'll be, he'll be on the left wing. Of course, quite possibly the top line right away to get things rolling. And I wouldn't be surprised. But he'll, he'll be top six at the very least. Second line, first line, depending on how things roll. Fiala is going to be on the right wing for the top line for sure. And after that, I guess that's Marcus Johansson is going to be your uh, top line center. This and that. And Kaprizov most likely the left wing on that top line. That's a pretty, pretty talented line. Second line, don't be surprised if Marco Rossi somehow does make the team. Because I know that conversation pops up here shortly. At Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. Let's see if there's one more in Facebook. No, nobody did respond. Unfortunately, Jameson Chase Carlson did not respond. So maybe he's just too busy. Kurt didn't. Otherwise, I'll just save those for the next show or something, or if somehow miraculously they pop up before I'm done. Ah, shoot. But uh, it is what it is. So Derek Felska says, with a compressed with a, with a compressed schedule, where do you see four, I mean, where you may see four games in four days, does that benefit the Wild who are now a little younger and have more options at center? Sure. I I mean, it benefits them in a sense. I mean, we we are younger, and well, there may be more and more reason to have a Marco Rossi on the roster, I suppose. This and that. I don't think it'll ever be that tight, will it, though? Will the schedule be that tight? I hope not. It looks like mostly it is kind of a back and forth. Like, we stay in the same city mostly, but a bit of a back and forth here and there. But I suppose it could happen with COVID, this and that, if, if there's, you know, whole teams shut down, which could happen. But I kind of like how they're doing it. If you're so worried about COVID-19, which I'm kind of, let's just say I'm not as worried about it as some people. I'm kind of like uh, Eric Stahl. It looks like they split them up pretty nicely. It's back to back. It's like, you know, it's, it's uh, see, like right now, for example, March. 
The first is in Vegas. Second, uh, the second is off. Third, Vegas again. And then you have Arizona, Arizona. Oh, I guess, yep, yep, Arizona, Arizona, back-to-back in Arizona on the 5th and 6th. And then you play Vegas on the 8th. So that's 3 and 4. So, yeah, that's kind of busy. And then you play Vegas again two days later again in the XL Energy Center, Arizona, day off, Arizona. Then three days off. That must be a buy or something. I guess there's a couple of buys. Then you play Colorado at Colorado, 18th and 20th. Anaheim 22nd, Colorado, or Anaheim 24th, both at home in Minnesota anyway. Uh, then you play the Sharks on the 29th and 31st in San Jose. San Jose. It's a possibility, but it looks mostly like you're just getting back-to-backs and maybe three out of four. So I don't think it'll be four and four. Maybe Maybe it was worded different, like four games in five days or four games in six days, that type of thing. But with the younger group, I would hope it can benefit the Wild for the most part. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's something to think about. But there are going to be some younger players on the roster. There's going to be some older players, obviously, that you can't get rid of. Suter Parisi, Zuccarillo, if he ever comes back. We'll see how long he's going to be out with the arm. But his contract's not going away. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, his contract's not going to go away. That's the that's the nice part, isn't it? Derek, uh, Derek Felsky continues. At Brave the Wild again, says uh, Derek Felska, at Crease and Assist. He writes for Crease and Assist. Well, that is the name of his page, and he writes on the Sports Daily. That's where the Crease and Assist uh, blog can be found. Just simply look, it up, look him up, look up Crease and Assist, Google or whatever. You'll find it right away. Wrote a very cool article involving six fans, and I was one of them. A couple of us are podcasters. Some of us are writers. And then uh, Brian Felska, I think that's his dad. That's my guess. Either his dad or his uncle. I didn't ask, and I probably showed up. What the heck? I'm sorry, Derek. But most likely, because um, he talked about growing up in the 50s and 60s. So, yeah, Derek's not that old, and I'm not that old. So, obviously, it's a previous generation to us Gen Xs that love uh, the NES and stuff. <laughs> right? Right, Derek? We love that uh, Nintendo, the old Nintendo. Um, but what an awesome article. It's three parts. Three different parts about, you know, talking about the upcoming season and how we think the Wild will finish and how Garen's handling things. and Very, very worthwhile. Three different parts. It'll it'll take you a little time, so maybe you can read one of them at a time, you know, here and there. You know, <laughs> I'm sure Derek doesn't expect you to read all three of them at once. That's why I split it up. That's the whole point. Read them maybe one day at a time, you know, or whatever. If you feel like reading two in one day, this and that, keep coming back to it. But Derek obviously does a great job and uh, and I'm talking about also the rebranding of the Wild and having North Star colors and this and that. And I don't think that's a dumb idea at all. Derek talked about that back around, back around Thanksgiving, on the on the Crease and Assist blog. Uh, absolutely good idea. One hundred percent, I agree with that. The Wild should do a rebrand a bit. And why not? Why the hell not? I mean, it's been mediocre. Good's not good enough. Let's let's be great. And let's have something fascinating. I love that hat. It's looking right at me now, as it wasn't looking at me in the previous segments. It's looking right at me right now, as I turn around anyway. It's staring at the back of my head. Ooh, scary stuff. But, yes, it's it's a white hat. The bill is green and yellow like the North Stars. For some reason, State of Hoppy, you know, the <laughs> Scott over there on the soda pot, hates green and gold because he hates the Packers. Well, that was one of the only reasons I liked the Packers, because their colors are cool, because they look like the North Stars. So I guess my thought process is a little bit the opposite there. I love the North Stars, damn it. And I almost liked the Packers because of that back in the old days. I like the uniforms. I hate the Packers, but I like the uniforms because of green and gold. So stop hating those two colors, damn it. Just in case he's listening, but maybe the maybe they're too good for me over there. I don't know. <laughs> Let's get to what Derek had to say. 
as I continue to babble and babble and babble. But I guess that's just part of the part of the game. Hopefully it was at least entertaining conversation for you. Philip Johansson recently scored two goals in a game. Has hell frozen over? Or do the Minnesota Wild have a viable NHL defensive prospect now? Three goals, six points, and 21 games. Like, wow, I can't believe it. I hope so. I hope so. It's a nice little stretch, and at least there's hope. He's played pretty good. He has played pretty good. Maybe Hill has frozen over. I don't know. It felt like it, didn't it? Right after, uh, <laughs> oh my, what was it like uh, late on December 23rd? I think everything froze over. That's why the streets are still kind of icy and slippery all over the Twin Cities here. Probably the same there in western Wisconsin where Derek lives and teaches. That's where he's a teacher there. Um, he looks great. Philip Johansson looks great in the last couple games here, and hopefully this continues. I hope so. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic, that type of thing. Uh, again, like I was saying, there's de- decision time coming up for him. So, like, oh, are you going to retain his rights or just kind of let him go? That type of thing. I did compensation because he's a failed pick, that type of thing. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be decision time coming up. Jay Bushy, welcome back to the show, Jay. Great to hear from you. He says, do you think Rossi stays with the team after his six-game tryout? If he's not going to get a place as a number one or number two center, send me back to Europe. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think if he, yeah, I agree with that thought process about, I mean, if he stays in Minnesota, he'll be a number two center. I think he'll be the number two center. He's not going to get the number one, I don't think, unless he's just absolutely insane. Uh, I don't know if he's ready for that yet. But number two is a distinct possibility. He, he could be the second line center, and then you move uh, Jewel down to third, and your fourth line center is, who knows? <laughs> is it going to be is it going to be Victor Rask? Is it going to be Nico Sturm? Is it going to be... Uh, oh, oh, you still have Nick Benino. So, yeah, that, that's the other guy. So, it'll probably be Nick Benino at that point, I'm thinking. And then Sturm will be on the wing for the third line or the fourth line. and be on the left wing, this and that. But Jewel will at least be the third line center. So, at least we have a number of center options. But, yeah, like 19 of them are third or fourth line. They're bottom six centers. Unfortunately, that's the crappy part. Centers are wingers when they're not playing center. They play on the wing of the side they can shoot. That type of thing. At least most of the time, I guess. <laughs> Since we have like 19 left shot players but some of them play on the right side. You know, that's the reason for my thinking there. <sighs> Hashtag BTWMN. Unfortunately, most of these are from earlier, like October and all the way back to March. Yeah, that's when he first really got things going to Derek. But May and all those other months, September. So much fun with these questions. Unfortunately, I'm still picking up the old ones, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, January 22nd? What do you mean January 22nd? Did I know Derek that long ago? I guess I must have, huh? I guess I first got to know him back in the 20s. I thought it was in March. No, it wasn't March. It was January. It was January. My bad. So, there might be some in the notifications real quick, other than the hashtag. Let's see if there's a little back and forth. Because I know the notifications get kind of busy sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, oh, yeah. Norm Green still sucks podcast. They have a conversation about Minnesota sports history, basically. Pretty cool stuff. Um, very, very nice. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a subscriber to it. Uh, they joined in Christmas Day. They recorded it a few weeks earlier. But, uh, yeah, and we had conversation back and forth. He likes my show. I like his. Yep, and that's a couple guys on there talking about Minnesota sports history. There was the positives and the negatives, but they call it Norm Green Still Sucks, S-U-X podcast. Uh, look it up. Of course, North Star Colors, so maybe State of Hoppy won't like it because it's got North Star Colors. 
Come on, Hoppy, stop it, man. Stop hating. <laughs> Sing Wild Sneak Peek Edition. Yep, part three of three. Yep, there was some crease and assist. Of course, that was retweeted. I think that's it. Bummer. It is what it is, though. Some people, it was Christmas week, and people probably didn't want to interact. And well, we'll get to that when the thing starts, when the season starts. We'll have more things to talk about, I would hope. Rob Klein joined on board. Thank you very much. I always appreciate that. See if there's any back and forth from earlier. I thought there was. Got a number of followers jumping on board this past month, which is really nice. Hmm. Yep, joining the fantasy hockey, this and that. We'll see how things go there. Oiler, Oilers live broadcast. That's cool. <laughs> I think... Shoot, most of it's got a conversation about fantasy hockey. Pat is going to be in it. Pat McElhenney and Brandon Molesky. Wow, okay. KFAN, this and that. Pat Micheletti's on Beyond the Pod. And, of course, he's on the mural for the Gophers and played a couple games for the North Stars before injuring his knee, unfortunately. That's a bummer. Um, pretty cool, though. Brennan Molesky. Wild Brazil also joined. Wild Brazil. Yeah, Brazil, South America. Kind of cool to think about that. Brazil hockey. <laughs> oh, man. As long as they have Kevin Fiola. I think that's it. Yeah, it's going back too far now. Mostly just kind of having fun conversations about the fantasy hockey and such. Yep, pretty cool, though. Okay, so I think we'll wrap things up. I'm babbling now, and I apologize. So with that said, thanks again always for listening. Hopefully the Minnesota Wild season is heading in the more of the positive direction. And Michael uh, Marco Rossi's ready to go. Other than that, I have a ton of faith in Bill Guerin and where things go forward. I expect another trade or two during the course of the season by trade deadline sending guys out or bringing guys in, which obviously you're probably going to be doing a bit of both. Benino, Marcus Johansson, maybe bringing in an interesting piece or making another significant move like Greenway on his way out, Dumba on his way out, quite possibly. though That one, will, that one's a little bit more far-fetched at the moment, but it's a strong possibility. It's a strong possibility, actually. I shouldn't say that. It's far-fetched with, of course, too much money tied in the cap, and you have Kaelin Addison in the wings, and the better Kaelin Addison does the more likely uh, somebody's going to get traded because Kalen Addison is not going to be in the third pair. He's going to be on the second pair, at the very least, going forward for the Minnesota Wild when it comes to right-shot defensemen. So it just kind of is what it is. And Louis Belpedio, I think, absolutely can fit right in uh, uh, on the third pairing versus Greg Patteron or Brad Hunt playing out of position, which he's been doing the last two, uh, last year and a half. So that's how that goes. With that said, again, can't wait for hockey to come back Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Hockey New Year. Happy everything. God bless all of you. Uh, again, please do write a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher if you could. iTunes slash Apple Podcast is what it really is. I'm not sure if you can write positive ratings on Podman or Google Podcasts or Amazon Music. This and that. Maybe Amazon Music you can. I don't know if people do that. But if any of these, if you could write a positive feedback for Brave the Wild, I'd greatly appreciate it. A five-star rating. Tell me what you like, even something you'd like to see improved, this and that. And you can always email, you at pa- email me at paladinolive at yahoo.com as well. That'll, that'll be in the show description. Facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash mnwprospects. Facebook, or excuse me, at mnwprospects for the Twitter account. Of course, again, Gone Puck Wild. I write for that. Very, very proud to write for Gone Puck Wild. And of course, mnwprospects, this and that. Uh, thank you guys always for being a part of the show. Derek Felska, always great guy. Soda pod. <laughs> Sound the foghorn pod. Uh, 
Locked on Wild. Zeke Bogat got that going. He's also part of the Sound of Foghorn. Oh, Lord. That type of thing. Yeah, Norm still sucks. Pretty cool stuff. With that said, God bless all of you. Hopefully, I apologize if I didn't mention someone out there. Uh, I'll get to you on the next show, I guess. God bless all of you. And again, hope to hear from you. One final thing if you want to send an audio submission, simply record it like a, you know, treat it like a phone call. Open any free voice recording application that you might have on your uh, cell phone, smart device, whatever the heck. Hit record, open it, hit record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it and share slash send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com all of these different links will be in the show description with that said, let's go wild let's get ready to roll and most of all, great to have NHL Center Ice shining and flashing in the background again (laughs) 